Okay. So I got some hot topics to talk about. Um, one, I really, it is, oh, I want to talk about it so bad, but I have to save it for the Selena episode because she made me promise. <laughs> so that's a teaser for the listening audience. You better wait because in three weeks or two weeks, one of the two. Well, well, well. It's going to be a story and it's a story that's going to blow your goddamn mind. Man, I want to hear it. Oh, Is it dear. aliens? Is it UFOs? Uh, I would say that aliens and or UFOs, if I would have seen them directly in my vision, it may have been less um, hard to stare. At the sun? No, at, at what I saw was, was, oh. was, har- was harder to not stare at than oh. if, I, if aliens would have dropped in front of me. Booty holes? It was something. The opposite of booty hills. Damn. Dicks? Is that the opposite? I don't know. Something that protrudes from the front rather than retracts into the back. It's not what I was thinking, but okay. I was thinking of penises. It's acceptable. We're dudes. We're dudes. We think about dicks a lot. What are you going to do? Hey, what can I say, you know? I swear to God, there's a lot of cognitive dissonance around the fact that men, you know, think that they're supposed to be straight, but they think about penises too much, and so they're angry about it. Right. Right. And then they place it on the scapegoats demographics. They're like, it's those gays that are making me think about dicks so much. Or even if it's not like, you know, they're not trying to blame someone, they're like, hmm, I'm just going to build this building that looks exactly like a penis. <laughs> and this rocket. Yeah, and this and rocket. And this yeah, you know, and tool all of these and this whatever yep. else. Yep. Yeah. Oh, this is exactly like a dick. Wow. Thinking about dicks again. Damn it! Damn it! It's the trans people. Also, it's weird that like being straight is like being real manly and buff for other men to look at. You know? Yeah, dude. It's uh, it's being a chiseled man at the gym. <laughs> Not for women, because women generally just don't give a shit. No, women are gay, dude. (laughs) If women were less gay, they'd care more about male... Vaginas are so much gayer than dicks. It's true. No, Al, you know? I don't know. (laughs) It's hard to tell. Dicks are pretty gay. Pretty gay. Have I ever told you this on the pod, how in high school, I did not like how, you know, high school kids in our age group... Uh, we're using the term gay yeah. as like, you know, that's dumb. Yeah. I don't know if kids still do that anymore. I don't think that they do, but I like to think that we were on the, the, the last of a dying breed. Yeah. That would be nice. Uh, in, in that regard. Uh, but I made an active campaign, so to speak, where instead of saying that's dope or that's, that's rad or whatever, I'd say that's gay. I'd be like, oh, that's hella gay. Oh, that's gay. It's hella gay, dude. Hell yeah. And people like <laughs> for a while, they would be like startled. But, you know, after I said it a couple of times, they would accept it. And eventually I stopped hearing it as much because I was just like forcing this other idea of what it meant down their throats. Yeah, man. That's gay as hell, bro. Hella gay, Fuck dude. Yeah. Hella that's gay. That's super gay, man. I like that. Yep. And I was like, well, I mean, gay means jovial. All right. So I'm, gonna, I'm using it in a lot more like correct context than you are, you goddamn ignorant ignoramus. 
There you go. Ignoramus. Can you be an ignorant ignoramus? Is that like a yeah. double? Or is that like a... It's like an ATM machine. Hi, everybody. Welcome into the Nostalgia Pit, a podcast aiming to dissect pop culture, the subconscious, and other psychological phenomenon through a hyperbolic and prismatic lens. Hosted by Rob Snow and Colin Cassard, mixed by Alex Riddle, and songs produced by Golden Beats, the Nostalgia Pit is available anywhere you find your podcasts. Today, we're sitting down with a fantastic human I've had the pleasure of knowing about a decade now, Josh Dahlquist. I got to meet Josh through my musical meanderings once upon a time, meeting him through his stage persona, Beige, as lead vocalist of the group Triceracorn. Now, he's doing fantastic stick-and-poke tattoos out of his private studio in Seattle, but he still finds time to make music, clothing, and enjoy the beauty of every day. In this episode, Beige came down to Portland and stopped by the pit to talk about the differences of stick-and-poke versus machine tats, roller derby, and calling hecklers up on stage to challenge them for battle raps. We also chat about making art intentionally, eating strange foods, and the concept of consumption versus creation. If you enjoy the conversation with Beige and want to find him, learn more about him, etc., you can catch him on Instagram at NowYou'reShattered, all one word, and your is spelled you are with no apostrophe. So it's N-O-W-Y-O-U-R-E-S-H-A-T-T-E-R-E-D. And I'm spelling that out because I have realized that I have been plugging our sponsor incorrectly for the last multiple months. That's right. Strange Loop Animation is not Strange Loop Animations. That's right. It is singular. So we want to thank our sponsor, Strange Loop Animation, and I also want to, uh, you know, put out a formal apology for uh, messing up all of these promotions because I'm really good at this. So either way, Rob, I know you uh, forgive us, but yeah, make sure you check out Strange Loop Animation, all one word, for all of your 2D traditional animation needs. Make sure you stay tuned until the end of the episode where we are going to play a choice song off the 2013 album Porcelain by Triceracorn. Yes, that is the last uh, studio release that Triceracorn put out. The song is called Blackwater and it is one of my favorites. So make sure you stay tuned until the end and you can find the link in the description. All right, so this episode, we're going to get right into it. This one's called Soggy Cheez-Its and Spoon Sandwiches. All right. So how was the lime scoot over? It was good. It was good. I took the took the Amtrak from Seattle this morning at 1130. And, uh, oh, shit. Yeah, we the train stopped for a while. And... Um, the conductor got over the loudspeaker and he let us know. He's like, we hit a piece of wood. The brakes 
brake line was snapped. Oh, so we shit. have to turn the train off for a while. And he's yeah. like, don't worry, I'll, uh, I just got to get down in there and just tie the brakes back together and we're good to go. <laughs> and it was, I'm like, just picturing some cartoon character, you know, tying <laughs> yeah. the brake line and, okay, we're good. <laughs> and I'm like, the mental, like, shouldn't it take longer to fix <laughs> a, than a, a broken than a brake line? You would think so. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. But especially on a train. What do I <laughs> yeah. know? Yeah, I mean, though, yeah, you'd think that it would take longer to fix, but then again, you'd hope that they would be prepared in case it was fixed, and so they'd have the proper tools and yes. supplies. Yes, you're right. That's that's probably exactly what happened. Uh, I'm sure he tied a really good happens. knot. It was okay. <laughs> it's a really good knot. <laughs> They're like, call the knot guy. There's a guy who just does the knots. That was one thing that Wrong I wish knots, I could have right. been baller at, was just like, do a, a fish hook knot or whatever, and just, Mm-hmm. I can tangle stuff. I can't do a knot. <laughs> <laughs> That's accurate. Really good at tangling, though. Oh man, I'm trying to learn the uh, bowline yeah. knot. Are we? Are we doing it? Is this the podcast? Uh, or is this pre-podcast? I mean, we could start technically whenever, but yeah, we're recording. We're either doing it or we're ruining it. Well, we were recording like some, you know, cold open. Nice banter. Nice, but... and then it all gets edited at the end, anyways. Yeah. Right? Yep. I like to do it where we, we just uh, kind of get dropped in conversation with friends and then what comes out of it comes out of it. Cool. And That's great. I throw in some, some interview type of scenarios. Cool. Uh, Dig it. Time. So yeah. Welcome in. Episode 51. Welcome in. Welcome in. Uh, this is the Nostalgia Pit. Uh, we got all of the crew here, minus Vaughn. So I guess it's not all of the crew. So I don't know why I said that. We got three quarters but uh, yeah, welcome in. This is uh, uh, so. Do we call you? This is a question I was actually going to ask you. Do you want to be referred to as beige, Josh? Now you're shattered. What are what are we supposed to uh, for the purpose of the podcast? Good question. You guys kind of know me as beige. It's true. Yeah, we can roll with that. Okay, we can yep. do beige. I mean, I go by uh, Hash, Colin, or Nolan because on Twitter I am Nolan Void. <laughs> and so that is how some people got to know me and i met a lot of uh the people that i podcast with over uh twitter cool yep cool that happens with since i i book my tattoo clients on instagram yep. a lot of them are just i know them as their instagram handle yep. however weird that may be yep um, yeah so it was interesting when we all met uh in person and it was like you have three different monikers <laughs> you have your inst you have your inst or your twitter um at like what your actual tag is, you have whatever your name is that can be changed, and then you have your actual name. So you had three different names to go through with people. I was hanging out with this one guy for like the whole night, and then it turned out later that he was like one of my favorite Twitter people that I'd been following from this world of Twitter, and I didn't even realize that he was that person. And I was I felt really stupid. <laughs> wow, you like, fool! <laughs> but his fa- his like picture was like masked up. On his thing, so you know. That's cool. What are you supposed to do? What yeah, are you I'm gonna, I'm gonna to eat do? one of these um, microdose jammers. What, what's oh. the uh, what's the dosage? So it's point zero seven five grams. Oh wow! Of mushrooms. So it's a very small, it's very small. It's a micro. It's a true microdose. Yeah. But it's three different varieties, and one of those varieties, mm. I think the penis envy. Yeah. Um, mm. Is ass kicking, and so it's. Not as small as it seems, but it is small. Hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're welcome to have one if you like. Uh, you're tempting me with this such a small <laughs> dose. I haven't done mushrooms in... Mm-hmm. Whoo, 
12 plus years. Dang. Wow. I mean, oh, I took. Damn. I didn't know it was that long. Yeah, dude. The last time I took mushrooms was a quarter ounce, and then I got dosed on acid while I was high on the mushrooms. Oh, oh. So I took That's an eighth of cubes. Yeah, I took <laughs> an eighth of cubenzies that were the golden teachers, and um, an eighth of cyanescence. An eighth of each. Full eight. Did I say that? Yeah, yeah it was a full eight, full eight of yeah. each. Yeah. So it was a quarter ounce of mushrooms, and I was very high. And then my buddy handed me what he told me was one hit of acid. It was actually a soggy cheese it. Oh <gasps> my god! Oh, a cheese no. it. So never acid. taken acid. Soaked in acid. <laughs> so that's why I have my little "You are what you eat" cheese it tattoo right in the center. Sheesh. Wow. Yep, that dude uh, made some uh, people go insane, and luckily I am not one of them. Mm. Mm. Ah, I got you. Aren't you though? I'm crazy. <laughs> you did tell me that story. I know. That's why I hang out with you guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm a little two thirds crazy. Mm-hmm. Three quarters. Yeah, that's not bad. Just, Everybody. Yeah. Is. I definitely went to the other side and I came back. I'll tell you that. Yep. I've looked in the face of infinity and held my sanity. Yeah, I believe that. <laughs> yep. Uh, mushrooms are fun, but so I haven't done yep. them in a long time. <laughs> I love that line. <laughs> yeah, but I am fascinated with the concept, like how the Aztecs used to do like an ounce of mushrooms at a time, and they would grind it mortar and pestles, mortar. Are you talking mortar and pestle style? I can Damn. talk, and uh, uh, they'd put it in their col, uh, apply it to their colon wall. Oh, wow! And so that way it bypasses. Oh, they boof it. Yeah. That way it bypasses the toxins because, I mean, you mm. go eat mushrooms and it hurts your stomach. And so that's why a lot of people do tea, right? Because it, it, it removes those right. toxins. So back in the day, the Aztecs were like, we got this. Wow. Catsacoddle, I see wow. you. You know? So it's like when you think about like human sacrifice and, you know, gods, serpents and shit like mm-hmm. that and speaking to deities. And you're like, oh, if I did that many mushrooms. <laughs> you might it, be doing that it, shit it, too. Could, yeah, I could make that art. So yeah. Wow. Right. That's a really nice um uh workaround to to avoid the nausea. Yeah. Moving people's yeah. hearts out and shit. And uh um, I didn't know that. I never knew that. Never yep, that mushrooms either. fuck with your stomach. And so I had up. stomach problems for the longest time. But I, I also yeah. didn't realize it was because I was eating everything allergic to me for right. my whole life. <laughs> and up until a two years like a year and a half ago. <laughs> right. No, no, a year ago. Yeah, like 14 months, I, I I figured out what I was allergic to. So it's... Alcohol. Not just alcohol. I figured that on out. And Last time I drank was with you. Carbohydrates. That was when, remember, uh, I was making these these liqueurs. Um, me and a buddy were doing like a pineapple ce- a pe- pineapple cello. So it was like a lemon cello with pineapple. And then we made like a bunch of different varieties. Mm. And then Chance uh, Random in Beige came over. And we had a couple drinks. And like, I poured myself one. And like I started to get cold and pale and I went downstairs and I threw up and then I like waited for a couple minutes and I came up and I was fine. And it was just like, huh, I guess I can't drink anymore. Was kind I guess of you don't like delicious liqueur beverages. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good, though. They were, I mean, they were delicious. <laughs> I miss them. We got, we got like 500 pounds of pineapple for free. Oh, what the fuck? <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, I think I saw you around that time. Yeah, the pandemic was a weird time, man, because like a lot of restaurants shut down and they had huge um, inventories. So like one of the most famous restaurants in in Portland for the longest time, um, it's closed now, was called Pock Pock. 
And Pock Pock was known for its chicken wings, and there was always a liner out, out the door that was like an hour long to get into this little house that was on division. And Pock Pock was like this guy from Thailand that had brought some street food recipes over, and they were just the truth, right? And the chicken wings were the absolute best ever. And they even started a second restaurant that was just for the chicken wings, the Pock Pock chicken wings. Hmm. But that guy, the pandemic wow. hit, and he just was like, fuck it, I'm out. And so he was like, I'm selling, I'm closing my restaurants, I'm selling all my inventory, and I'm just moving back to Thailand. I'm, you know, like, nah. <laughs> and everyone was like, are you crazy? You're not going to sell your business? You're not going to sell your recipes? And he was just like, nope, I'm out. Damn. But because I was, <laughs> I was running dope. a chicken wing restaurant at the time, he came to the place and was like, hey, we got hundreds of pounds of chicken. You want it for like a deal? And so, you know, you got some, <laughs> all right. some chicken off of him. Wow. And, uh. But there was a lot of that process where there was restaurants just liquidating. That's crazy, man. Shit that would have not been yeah. liquidated. So we had just these interesting opportunities that kept popping up. Wow. Yeah. And then I people like started that to die. Story. That's funny. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> He's got him on the lag. <laughs> yep. Couldn't, couldn't even get that. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was horrible. I love uh, that. That's awesome. The timing couldn't have been better. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> Bring you up and just trapdoor. Immediate. Not even, you know. No, but yeah, like we had some good times. <laughs> that was, you know, obviously the pandemic was fucked up for a lot of things. Yeah. But yeah, there that was some of the, the cool things that happened in there. I mean, hanging out with uh, my sous chef, it was just me. He was my former head chef. And then it was just me and him running a restaurant together. It was stressful as fuck, but like going through the trenches with your buddy is like, you know, like there's a bonding experience and mm -hmm. me and that guy are like homies for life now. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. brothers, brothers yeah. in blood. Trauma bonding, tears. baby. Nothing's yep. better. We trauma bonded big time. Yeah. And that's how, you know, like, uh, you know, the idea for my cartoon. Um, <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, that's how that came out. And a lot of, <laughs> a lot of random ideas. Don't leak your IP, buddy. Wet burger. You know, that came out of there. Pasta Luego. <laughs> <laughs> these are all uh just ideas yeah we just come up with random ideas while you're stuck on the line and like wet burger was like i was like well what if burgers came out like wet burrito style and so it's just like a burger's like made and it's all perfect and then, and then it's put just on a tray special and then, sauce and, and then just like a special <laughs> sauce ladle of like ketchup just cheese you know just sauce and then yeah cheese and then it gets thrown in the <laughs> oven and then it comes out yeah it would be disgusting and amazing it would be time. amazing though the one thing you'd have to figure out would be how to preserve the bread from getting soggy. Because if you could do that, I don't know how like, you would do that, man. I think you just right. gonna have soggy bread. You could do a crouton. I guess. What would... <laughs> Dehydrated. Yeah, bread. it'd be a crouton style. Yeah, pop and pasta luego. Uh, we just started coming up with the idea of what random uh, uh, food, like ethnic food uh, uh, mashups, would be kind of just disgusting. <laughs> And so Italian and Mexican is like the greatest mashup ever because they go so hand in hand where you could have like a, a bean and cheese cannoli. You know what I mean? Like spaghetti yeah. tacos was yeah. like, was yeah. like, so I, I got logos designed by the, the guy who made like Snappy's logos, my old boss and shit. And we were going to do like a whole, like I was going to launch fake restaurant uh, Instagrams and then like get like pay to get Yelp reviews and shit. This was when I was balling. And I had a lot of money. And I was making like seventy thousand. <laughs> so you were gonna do with it? Well, yeah. I was just like, Genius. this is before the podcast and before the pandemic and shit. Yeah. 
Encha lasagna, dude. <laughs> yes, that's what, so. You're on to it. Yeah. Right here. Yeah. The best one yeah. was a uh, 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 pino pino colada. Oh right. You know, like it's like, like pino grigio, yep, yep. pino colada. Oh, you know. Wow. <laughs> so it's like you could do this all day. That's pretty fucking genius. Yes, <laughs> it's right. good. It's so, good. Yeah. This has got to happen. Yep. Mole a- cannolis. <laughs> <laughs> so beige thanks for coming on the on the pod man and yeah uh, good to see you arliss yeah it's good to see you too it's been a long time um what have you been up to man what are you what are you doing what are you doing in portland today um so i came to portland uh you know i was going to do the podcast anyways um remotely but I, i i have a tattoo tomorrow oh nice there's a traveling tattooer who's in town from la that I'm going to see tomorrow, and um, yeah, my girlfriend does tattoos as well, um, and so we tattoo each other pretty often, and awesome. so pretty much all through the year we just it's we don't pay for tattoos, but That's every dope. once in a while I'll yeah it's it's a nice setup that we have, but every once in a while when there's a a sick artist coming through town, either Portland or I honestly haven't traveled to Portland uh, for this type of thing yet, but. Every once in a while, I'll spring for a, you know, a, a well-done, expensive tattoo mm-hmm. and um, doing that tomorrow. I'm I'm not sure yet, but I might do some more face uh, tattoos. Oh, word. Yeah. I've oh, got, shit. <clears throat> I've got some like rose and a sparkle on this side, and I might have them do some, some shit over here on the left Hell cheek. Hell yeah. Um, and they're the type of artist who does kind of freehand kind of decorative stuff oh damn and so it's the type of thing uh where i they have a few styles and i let them know what direction i want to go in and then i show up and they just draw it right on my body oh my god freehand yeah that's dope is it also stick and poke this is not this is machine tattoo oh gotcha okay um and it's an interesting style like a newer tattoo style that uh I don't know what it's called, but I've heard it referred to as like cyber tribal or oh. like a, a sigilism. Um, hmm. And that sounds intriguing. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, so the so. the style that I'm gonna get done, it's almost like uh, elvish looking, the elvish runes, like from the the uh, Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. Hell yeah. or like the writing that's on the ring, the like Sauron writing or whatever. Yeah. It looks similar to that, but it's kind of like fleshed out in all directions. If you can picture that's that, crazy. Hmm. That's gonna so. be dope to put on your cheek. That sounds dope. It's gonna be super super sick. Um, yeah. yeah, maybe I'll go one on the face cheek, one on the booty cheek. <laughs> there you <Hell> go. Yeah. <laughs> Match them <laughs> up. Oh, yeah. yeah, but yeah, but I, <laughs> that's what brings me to Portland. So we get to link up and do it in person. Tattoos. Nice. So what got you into tattooing, man? I always wanted to know. Yeah. Because, yeah, I fell out of touch with you for a little while. And then I think if I recall correctly, so for the listening audience, I got to know Beige as just like through Rob and, and Kevin through the music scene. Mm-hmm. And we all made music back in, in the day. So I, I knew you obviously making music and then fell out of touch for a while as I moved down to Portland and the scene kind of dissipated. And were you doing modeling for a little bit and then tattooing? Is that right? Yeah, that's, yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, I've, I think I always wanted to get by and not like have a normal job. 
That's, That's the, the dream. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, and um, the artist dream. Yep. Yeah, we yeah, we got to know each other doing music and that was amazing. And I remember when me and IG doing Triceracorn had our we, we were able to have our first guarantee. We got like famous enough to be like, you know what, you guys, bookers, yeah. we're not gonna That's show up point. unless you give us at least hundred and fifty bucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hit the big and time, that was, baby. That was like crazy for us to to each get seventy five dollars for a performance was like <laughs> a big moment for us. Um, yeah. the lofty uh, dreams. Yeah. <laughs> seventy five yeah. bucks for a show. Fuck yeah. So, um, but you guys know, like doing music, it's, it's hard to make money doing yeah, that. So, yeah. so I've, I tried to do a few other things. I like sewing and I like taking pictures and a, a lot of other shit. And I got, got into doing some modeling. I was working at a clothing store and they, they, uh, used me for their website, which, uh, made a local modeling agency take notice of me and sign me. And oh, I was dope. able to do some like higher paying corporate or, uh, commercial jobs. Nice. Um, and then I wanted to get tattooed and I basically was a little too broke to get as tattooed as I wanted to get. And so I started tattooing myself. Oh, that's how you started. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So instead of buying a tattoo gun when you didn't know a damn thing, you're like, how else can I do it? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and I don't even, you know, doing the type of stick and poke I did in the beginning was super, um, accessible because all you need all I needed to buy was like some India ink from the store and like a box of wine so that I could be too drunk to feel the pain um, <laughs> I was like I where does the wine come in you mix that yeah, with the I'm ink just, or something I'm just chugging it, <laughs> um, just chugging it. <laughs> which I don't do anymore um, but I back then I would just take a sewing needle and a pencil and then you wrap them together with some polyester oh. thread like some sewing thread <laughs> yeah. and you just use a sewing needle prison style oh wow genius and um, yeah, you d- d- dip it in the ink and you poke it in the skin. And so now I I use proper tools, um, but it's essentially the same process yeah. of just hand poked tattoos. Mm. And yeah, so I started that way just because it was super accessible and cheap, but it um, people liked it. So that's what I do. Hell yeah, nice. dude. Oh, oh, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I was trying to get I mean, one from you and then I got too broke. I was like, all right. Yeah, well, I mean, I've got four, five, six, seven, eight, nine from you. Hell yeah. On Damn. My, my right arm. Everything except this one on this arm. But, yeah. Damn. Uh, do you like stick and poke more than uh, um, machine as far as receiving a tattoo? Because, I mean, there is differences. Mm-hmm. I, I've, oh. no, I've noticed them heavily. Yeah. I think that uh, stick and poke, like, when Selena got them on the inside of her arm, she was like... That was really intense. Oh hell yeah! As I got as I got some on the inside of my arm from uh, from the machine, mm-hmm. I was understanding how that could be really intense on the stick and poke because it's mm-hmm. just precise. Is stick and poke more uh, more painful, more arduous? I would say it's I would say it's less painful, but it takes a little longer. Okay. Gotcha. Um, the if you can imagine like a a tattooing machine has the needle going up and down, it's being drug across the skin. And so it's, I would say it's more wounding. It's more wound causing to use a machine, whereas the hand poke is a little more deliberate and maybe a gentler, less wounding way. Okay, gotcha. And so I don't see blood as much as maybe Mm -hmm. machine tattooers would, uh, but it does take longer. It's a trade-off. Gotcha. Um, Yeah. I think that Mm -hmm. the 
especially with line work, it heals extremely fast. So like with stick and poke, and that's, yeah, it's, it's so that would definitely reflect into the less damaging. And it's like any of the stick and poke line work that I got done was like healed instantly. Almost, got you. you know, yeah. Very, very mm-hmm. short period of time, which makes sense. It's less trauma on the skin when it's not right. your machine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's a super nice mm-hmm. aspect of it. It's pre- your your tattoo is going to be healed in like three days yeah. Dope. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. from, from a stick and poke. And um, I think I just like uh, aesthetically, I like simple tattoos, mm-hmm. black line work mainly, and some maybe the occasional dot work. And so yep. for that reason, stick and poke just works really well. Yeah. I think uh, for the longest time, so my, my stance on tattoos, I had this like, I didn't realize it for the longest time, but I essentially had a paranoia that there would be a time that I would need to essentially go on the run. <laughs> and I think... <laughs> So, I didn't expect out. that one. Okay. Out. Okay. <laughs> hear me out. <laughs> I get that though. I get that. All right. So anonymity is something that's important, yeah. right? If you're if okay. you're on the lamb, right? If you need to change your hair, you know, tattoos, they that's always the defining factor when they're like, oh, he's got a tattoo on mm-hmm. the inside of his left thigh. <laughs> right. you know, it's, it's always what happens and gives them away. <laughs> so I don't know. It was just like a mixture of paranoia, but I think it it, it if I want to go back the farthest and and using what I know now, I think it was the fact that I always felt um, kind of an imposter in my own family where I felt like the black sheep, so mm-hmm. to speak, is like I always wanted to talk about stuff, but my family was was all about compartmentalization and, and oppressing stuff. So that was the start that like cemented me on like a different path. And then that went on farther to like my uh, dad marrying his uh, uh, wife who then abused me. And then me being gaslit by my family that the abuse was happening. And so that like kind of cemented far like this, it isolated me farther and farther. And then when I started to deal drugs, it was just like, I always had this like one foot out the other door. Like I, I you know, I'm about to run type of thing. Sure. Like I, I could run at any mm-hmm. moment type of thing. And uh, tattoos were, were, you know, they would prevent any of that. Yeah. You'd have to wear a lot of makeup. And so as I moved down to arms. Portland and then I started to see your work and my friend Kayla's work, who's also does very simple stuff. Mm-hmm. I was like, I like that. And then I thought about like, you know, what would I want to get if I was tattooed and gestated on ideas? And I was like, oh, I like the concept of you are what you eat. And I've been a chef for so long and, you know, it works. I, but I like tattoos now a lot. And it's funny that switch gets flipped where people are like, no. And then they're like, <laughs> okay yes fine okay yes it's a slippery yeah, you slope you got more than me now shit <laughs> yeah I'm, well, I mean with this one I just got three more I got this uh, uh, it's a Maryland blue crab technically I got a goldfish cracker and a banana very nice <laughs> uh, <laughs> just hearing you describe your tattoos is highly entertaining right <laughs> what do you want you want a you want a drumstick you want an andouille sausage mm-hmm. you want a saltwater taffy nope it's cinnamon flavored. Thank you, though. <laughs> oh, you got the worst no, saltwater taffy on your arm. Oh, no. <laughs> hey, I got a black licorice jelly bean, too. Oh, what's wrong oh, with you? you Get the fuck out of here. Wow. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. Hey, nostalgia. Oh, no. It's powerful. <laughs> That's right. I like black licorice jelly beans, <laughs> right. red skin peanuts, and Tim's original potato chips, because those are the three <laughs> snack foods that my grandfather had around the house. Dude, All Tim's right? is... Top tier, man. Tim's are fire, yeah, though. Dude, Tim's are like the Tim's greatest potato fire. chip of all time. It's the king also, of the chips. It's a good chip. Mm-hmm. Uh, that being said, Utz is pretty good too. But we're not here to talk chips, damn it. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> Shit. Mm-hmm. I always get, I always get confused. Right. 
But yeah, uh, when I talk, when I thought about my first tattoo, I knew what it was going to be. All right, it was going to be an ankh, the ancient Egyptian symbol for life. Why? I don't fucking. I don't know. <laughs> Where is it? It's right here on my arm. That's what I thought. It's okay. real big. Yep. And I've Still there. tried yep. desperately to incorporate it into other pieces, and you know what? It, it's fine, but. Man, what the fuck, bro? What was I think? What was the eighteen-year-old me thinking, bro? <laughs> and didn't you get that in uh, Saint Lucia? I did. Yeah, and it got infected. It was given to me by uh, a pregnant woman who had a child with uh, maybe a distended stomach. I don't know what was going on with the baby. Oh my gosh. It didn't look good. And uh, it got <laughs> it, didn't look it got like kind of kind of infected a little bit. I had to go to the hospital. So yeah. Wow, was she breastfeeding while she tattooed you? <laughs> she wasn't at that moment exactly, but I <laughs> wouldn't wild. have been surprised. Wow! But what a, what a phenomenal experience! Is Saint Lucia in the Caribbean? <laughs> it is, yeah. Wow! Is that its own island? It is, yeah. It's got some Mister? very beautiful mountains. Ah, a volcanic nature. Uh, that is likely, but I do not know. I'm ignorant. Never know. I mean, it could be a broken off landmass that floated away from uh, another landmass. It's also a possibility. Hmm. Those are other kinds of islands. Could be. Could be plate tectonics. Well, one day I'll go. And then my next tattoo I got was a weird Gemini sign from a new tattoo artist who kind of fucked it up. And it sort of looks like a pie symbol. And I tried incorporating (laughs) that into a different little (laughs) piece as well. (laughs) I'm just running like... Uh, is that one I'm small just, at least? Huh? No, it's that huge. Sm- yeah, it's like <laughs> the entire size of my bicep. <laughs> I'm just running oh, no. damage control on my arms. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted I mean, to get a Captain Spiff, though. Really yeah. bad. Spaceman Spiff. Real bad. Uh-oh. But uh, I just ran out of money and shit. And then I started a freelance uh, animator. Another great decision. Freelance animator... Uh, business so i don't Sick. have money <laughs> i mean you, but you could be getting money people want your business yes but i say no to all of them because i want to maintain exclusivity because then i'll get more money you know what i'm saying that's that's actually <laughs> don't kind of make any money say no to everybody and then eventually you'll make so much fucking money yeah it's business demand. <laughs> that's economic <laughs> orthodox yep Freakonomics. Um, Freakonomics? That's right. I don't know what that is, wow. though. <laughs> I shouldn't say things. I don't know. You do animation. That's tight. <laughs> what is Freakonomics? Do you guys know? I could figure it out. But let's talk about your animation. Freakonomics. Okay. Let's do it. Rob is the man behind Strange Loop Animations, if you haven't figured it out. Strange Loop Animation. Really? Strange Loop Animation. Yep. That's have me. I been plugging it wrong the whole time? Uh, you have, yeah. I told you once, but... uh. You told me once when you went for it, and I was like, you know what? It's fine. <laughs> it works out. People will get there. There's only two Strange Loop uh, studios. There's one in LA that does like concert event animations, and then there's mine. So you know, they'll find me eventually. Are you afraid of getting sued by Strange Music? <laughs> I hope they do. That would raise my profile huge, man. That would yeah. get me on a national stage. Please do. Is that how it works? <laughs> yes. 
You get sued and you get famous? Yes. Any publicity is good publicity. That's right. I'm also going to do mad inappropriate shit so I can raise my profile up. Um, well, you were speaking of your two bad tattoos. Do you have any not bad tattoos? Oh, no. I have fired fucking tattoos to yeah, like your fix. New ones are shit. Yeah, the new ones are dope as fuck. Uh, it's the homie Jake. Uh, what does he go by? What's his like tattoo? Bloodletting Jake. Yeah, Bloodletting Jake. Dude is hmm. incredible. He did some of the most fire fucking pieces. And he really did a good job of incorporating the old shitty tattoos. They look like hmm. ancient like mon stone monuments or something as hmm. in a piece of like, I don't know. It's dope as fuck. Yeah, he killed okay, it. Okay, so you have tried to do the, the patchwork over it. Yeah, like the Ankh, okay. he did these like, uh, <laughs> oh fuck, what's that movie? Stargate? Or whatever. Yes. Yeah, yeah, like there's yeah. like these Stargate pyramid spaceships. It's so fire, dude. And cool. then there's like this uh, naked cat. It's great. Sphinx? A Sphinx cat. Yeah. Have you pet uh, pet one of those? I want to. I've never done it. They're super cute. So may maybe it, it would have come up naturally in conversation, but um, maybe I'm rushing things. But can we talk about when uh, Triceracorn and... Um, Black Magic Noise played the show at the Chinese restaurant. <laughs> yeah. Always. Always. We talked about the, we talked about the Jade Garden many a time. Jade Garden. I love it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Did you guys did you guys play there a lot? Yeah. That was our shit. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, it seemed like that was like a base for you guys. Yeah, that was our that was our base. So our studio, the Black Lagoon, was uh on Virginia on Broadway, Everett. And then fucking Jade Garden was where we did all of our live shit. Yep. Basically. And that was and like so we would host. 16 blocks away or something like that. It was like within walking distance, yeah. you know. Wow. Right. So we'd go in there. We'd flip all the tables. We'd, uh, you know, grab the stage out the basement and all the speakers. Yep. Set yep. it up. like We had our own live equipment. So we'd set up all of our PA equipment. And... uh and then homies has got to the point, homies would start bringing their artwork and like have their artwork showcased on the sides and like the booths and stuff. So people could sell their artwork during the shows and shit. Cool. So that yeah, was, uh, that was our thing. So yeah, we'd have Seattle cats come out there, you know, uh, we had this thing cause we met y'all at Zippy's, I think. Mm. Yeah. That makes yeah. sense. If, if it serves me right. Cause yeah, the, we had kind of had a thing where it's like, yeah, Zippy's and, and Jay Garden were like the only spots to perform at really, you know, and Everett at the time. So <clears throat> at least for like starting out artists and shit. So yeah, that was, that was a shit. <laughs> was, um, was Zippy's that really thin, uh, venue where it was like, yes. Where it was like almost like walls. face. Yeah. Yeah. You're in like you're a hallway. Yeah. You're performing and you're like 12 feet from a wall. And so there's like enough <laughs> yeah. room for like a row or two of people. Yeah. Yeah. And then the rest yeah. kind of flood out to the sides. That was cool. That shit was epic, man. Yeah, that was a spot. Uh, what was y'all? What was your memory of that situation? What did you come away with that? I I, I loved the experience. I thought it was cool. The uh, the the Jay Garden. Um, that yeah. was great. Uh, I think they, I think they paid us in Chinese food, um, <laughs> which was sick. That sounds like, right. Possibility. Uh, yeah. That, yeah, that was that was awesome, and you know, back then, you just play where you, you play wherever you play. You play wherever you're invited to play, right? And yeah, it was sick. Um, did you guys? 
Was that your idea to get shows started there, or were they already doing live stuff? Uh, that was Corn Dog. Corn Dog. He was the connection. Yeah, Corn Dog hooked that up. Yeah, wow. he uh, he knew the bartender there. Mm. They were just talking, and he's like, "Well, we could do shows here." Da 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 da. And <laughs> that's that. You cool. Know? So the rest uh, was yeah, history. He, yeah, the rest is history. That guy was cool. Do you guys still talk to Corn Dog? Yeah, yeah. He just put out a book. He published a book of poetry. No shit. He had a wow. a reading at like a book signing at Folk Life. It was dope. Yeah, yeah, cool. yeah. yeah. There's a whole book of poetry. Uh, he's working on new music and stuff. Uh, we just did like a little five show, five show uh, Northwest tour where we went to, uh, yeah, we played Folk Life. We played uh, Zip, or uh, not Zip. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's, that's so funny. You got it's on the same street, though. Yeah, for real, though. It's like fucking on the next block, basically. Well, Lucky, Lucky Dime kind of is like the new Zippies in a way. It really is, yeah. though. It really is, though. It's got the same vibe. It's just way bigger and like has a bar. Yeah. <laughs> Not serving fucking. Because uh, I was thinking about Zippy too. It was all like vegan food and shit. Yeah. So it was like oh. they didn't serve any alcohol. I don't think. Did they serve alcohol? I don't think so. I don't think so. If they did, it was like some all natural local beer or some shit. If they did. <laughs> I yeah. doubt they did. I'm pretty sure yeah. that shit was all ages, so I don't think they had any alcohol there. Yeah, they didn't have any yeah. alcohol there. Yeah. Um when when we played that Zippy show, um, when we met you guys, there was I did this a couple of times um doing Triceracorn. There was a guy who was kind of like talking shit and also trying to like kind of rap on the instrumentals when i wasn't rapping even though you know mm. we're performing he's in the audience he th- he was being a little more like a part of it than than i thought he should have been yeah. and so <laughs> i battled i invited him to come up on stage and i battled him and i like did you know i i was better than him and i kind of like sent him packing or whatever um but oh, it's yeah. a, it's a it's a funny thing to do and it's a risky thing to do because right? what know... if you got your ass whooped on that one <laughs> what if he was way better than you <laughs> and i have before there was there was a we played a show we played a show it was at like the everett community center or something and um it was like all ages and similar thing happened. There was like a boisterous dude in the crowd wearing a backpack. And I was like, get on stage, motherfucker. Like, get a microphone. Um, and he happened to be a dude. You know that group Kung Fu Grip? Oh, yeah. <laughs> he happened to be a fella from Kung Fu Grip. Was it F he, is H? Was it the dude with the braids or was it Greg Cypher? He had bigger Greg Cypher. Yeah. It was Greg Cypher. Oh, and he, shit. Oh, <laughs> Either one would have been so I know because F is H was nasty. But, and I hadn't met those guys yet, so they didn't know who I was or anything. But, he, yeah, Greg, he he was ruthless and Damn. he fucked me up in the battle. He <laughs> He's so good. You. He's so good, He's and he so made good. me look like a fool. Um, so I, yeah, learned my lesson on that one. <laughs> don't, don't challenge random motherfuckers in the crowd. <laughs> you just never know. Mm-hmm. That's crazy, man. That's morning, dude. Damn. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> the odds. <laughs> yeah. 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 It, he, the embarrassment when you get beat at your own show is really bad. And then I had to kind of be like... All right, bro, like, you win, um, daps, 
can you yeah. leave please and I'll fin- uh, and then he you know goes off the stage and it's like all right we got like three more songs like the, the oh no and I'm kind of demoralized I don't have my like swag anymore yeah. I'm just like yeah. everybody just saw you got yeah. beat in a battle yeah. Yeah. Oh, you know, it's, it's hard to get the crowd back after that right. so it was fine that's it was hilarious fine. man <laughs> yeah I'd almost say like give him a song yeah, there you like, go. Yeah, you get Let one him song. All right, it. you won. Here's a beat. Rap on. Here's you get a track. <laughs> That's a good idea. <laughs> I should have done that. Like, yeah, good job. And then, and then, like, <laughs> it flips the script, and you're dope for putting him on. Right, right. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, yeah, I gave you, I gave you the opportunity. What's up? <laughs> I should have actually. Done that. I'm really, yeah. I'm upset that I got beat. Drinking fan. This Saturday at Connor's Cocaine Emporium Event Center, Liverless Liquor Store and Connor's Cocaine Emporium presents Natty Light Butt Chugging Contest Semifinal. Watch as local legend Dirty Dustin goes head to head with Dickie Dangle. Who will take the belt from Terry Bonesaw in the Booth Pooter Butt Bong Competition? Come early and get your chance to chug a 64 ounce Natty Light live on local Channel 9. All kids get a free toy keg thanks to Slash's tire supply. Don't miss out on any of the thrills this Saturday at Connor's Cocaine Emporium Event Center. Beige, do you still do, do music? Not really. There, um, I would say like once a year I'll go over to, to IG's house and we'll work on a song. There are probably a dozen Triceracorn tracks that are kind of just on Brandon's computer that maybe we'll put out maybe not but we've got some we've got some cool stuff there um i've heard some of it it's dope (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah, i would say in my in my ideal life i'm working on music like i i feel at my best and i like myself and i feel accomplished when i'm when i'm writing raps so yeah, not 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 much now. You know, maybe occasionally if I'm going for a walk, I'll I'll write some bars down, but it's pretty right. rare. What? Yeah. What's your vibe like now? Do you think that your music's like evolved? Like when you write, do you feel it's kind of on a different tip, or are you going for a certain kind of feel or vibe or anything, or do you just let it hit you or what? Yeah, I think I think that's part of why I don't work on it that much is because I. I think I want it to evolve a little bit and I would say it's, it's on a similar style as it's been, um, which is cool. I, I, I like the way I sound when I rap. I like the way I write, but, um, yeah, it's, you you know how it goes when your, your, your taste is somewhere and what you create is somewhere and both and, what your taste is is kind of ambiguous and so it's it's almost like i want to like rhyme less <laughs> yeah yeah i want to use less rhyming words for some reason mm-hmm. um and so in my mind i'm like the way to achieve that is to um record a verse of scat sounds mm. you know of of a verse that sounds cool and kind of get a cadence down and then go back afterwards and like apply some type of you know just pretty words to it, poetry or whatever. That would be a cool thing to do. But, um, yeah, I think, I think, uh, and I'm kind of just working this out as I'm talking to you guys, but I think it would be beneficial for me to like 
do some low stakes music, do Hell some, yeah, maybe yeah. let myself make a bad song, right. you know, like make a, just try some new shit. I think would be good for me. Yeah. So it, yeah, it's interesting you say that. Cause, uh, I did that for the first time where I, I applied cadence to song and then went over and, uh, wrote to the, the cadence. Mm. It's like, well, I want to rap like this. And so, you know, you just drum, you know, tongue drum the, the, you know, how you want it to sound, and then you apply the words to it afterward. And uh, it came out decently well. My one problem is that it's all about, like, it's all very referential, and so a lot of people don't know what it is about. So they hear it, they're like, it's good, but I don't understand. <laughs> and so it was, it was fun, but it was really cool to understand that I could do that. And it didn't take nearly as long as I thought, and you just kind of take it piece by piece you know, write a little bit to it, mm-hmm. come back to it. Inspiration comes and goes. Mm-hmm. It's really easy to try to force the song and be like, oh, well, you know, like how we used to write back in the day where we'd be like, okay, everyone get a 16 together and we're all going to go record right now. It's mm-hmm. like, well, you don't have to do that when you're by yourself. Right. Nope. You're just mm-hmm. like, oh, well, those six bars were dope. Like mm-hmm. often I'll write in six bar spurts or I'll be like, I get the spurts. first four and then the next two. And then I don't know how to, to round the, the eight together. Mm. But it's like, and so I'll, I'll come back to it later. Cool. Interesting things like that. And then I also have been making low stake songs where I was like, essentially just going back and freestyling stuff and then having fun with it because we used to have so much fun freestyling yes. and then just allowing yourself to have fun with it. And if anything cool comes out of it, you can kind of cut up, loop, et cetera. We used to do that with those, uh, the, I did the freestyle albums. I think mm-hmm. once upon Freest a time. albums. Time. Yeah, freestyle albums. <laughs> I did f- we did like four volumes of that where I just had everyone come in and drop freestyles and I did not edit them well and they were not. Yeah. Like they were really mm-hmm. good when they were good and they were really bad when they were bad. Oh, I bet. You know what I mean? Yeah, I bet. So yeah, like, that's how it goes. Yeah. yeah. So every now and then you get like a Loki <laughs> or, a, or a Mike Harris freestyle or an Agi freestyle that would just be like some transcendent shit. Mm-hmm. And then, then you get like someone that just was not hitting it and i was very open and i put it all on there <laughs> that's the <laughs> speaking of low stakes songs i would say the biggest block in my creativity is being too precious with my shit and being like this is oh dude this beats dope i got to write something real good man or i'll be mm-hmm. like writing some shit and i'll be like nah man this is just corny bro i got to fucking delete all this and start over man it's like the low stakes thing is like that is the key to fucking creativity. Act like nothing fucking matters and just do it all the time and it don't fucking matter at all. And then you're going to end up with yeah. some fucking bangers, dude. I, I got to get there, man. I got to get there. Yeah. Well, come write raps with me okay. and I'm good at that. Just turn off your inhibitions. Write some songs about whippets. Feel the rain on your <laughs> skin. you know what else i i wanted to to, um maybe explore like style wise with rap is the um to try to do what de la soul did where they they are using rhyming words of course um but they don't feel the need to rhyme it's almost like they rhyme every two bars rather than every bar pasta noose was very all over the place when you go back and you listen to uh, uh, like Three Feet High and Rising and shit like that. And that's pretty much, I think, my favorite rap album of all time. Mm. Like, it mm. might be my number one. And so, yeah, to hear you say that, like, yeah, 
that is that's a very good um, example of how it's done. I mean, rap is so interesting these days, man. How like Billy Woods is rapping like on five and six bar loops hmm. and things like that, <laughs> and like <laughs> like his, how his uh, his rhyme, you know, comes like on the fifth beat or something like that, you know, like after the one, and just like all sorts of crazy off kilter shit that that people are doing with raps. I think. It's it's uh it's dope that you're allowed to explore as much as you can. And you know the fact is yeah. like Rob Rob you were saying um you know you could always make those songs and then not show them to anyone. I know, but I can't even do that in my own space, man. I'm like, "Nah, this shit has to be cuz I have to think of like a marketing strategy for this." And like what would the uh what would the album art or like the cover art look like? Mm. And I got to think of like what kind of project this would fit into. And uh, like, this doesn't really vibe with any of the projects I'm working on right now. <laughs> Jesus Christ, yeah. calm the fuck down. Right. <laughs> yeah. What What yeah. I noticed I with it, like though. doing <laughs> like creative output with things is that um, a lot of times you need a muse. Yep. And if your muse is your audience, then that's what it is. Like, you need to, it to be for somebody and right, right. I do this sometimes with when I'm drawing a uh, tattoo flash if I don't know what to do or what direction to go in I'll be like oh that one client because everyone has a different aesthetic they have different shit they're into I'll draw a a, a tattoo flash page um, for a client mm. specifically for them I'm like oh this client she has this kind of psychedelic yet sort of southwest style she gets huh. tattoos oh, of my ufos and um, cacti hell yeah and mm. and cow skulls and oh. mushrooms i like how can <laughs> i my shit bro. and so i'll do a flash yeah. page for her and she's my muse for that yeah that's um and i've done that before and i didn't even tell the person that it was for them i just use it's just for my purposes right in my mind to have a, an aim. Yeah. Yep. And so, and so, yeah, it's hard to do art if you don't have somebody that it's for. Right. And so I feel like in order to make art that you're not going to show to anybody, you need to pretend like it's for somebody. Right. Choose a, choose a person or a group of people or a vibe. Yeah, yeah. And it's, I, I'm making it for that. Right. Mm -hmm. Maybe. I mean, that's a really interesting thought process. I think that it's actually the opposite of what I always made art as where like, I didn't realize for the longest time, but I was essentially making art because so like the whole reason that I, I started rapping and, and realized that I started rapping without really realizing it was that because my family was gaslighting me for so long. And then when I learned that I could like rap and like write my own shit and record it and all that, and I was just like, ah, you know, like the top of the mountaintop, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? I'm going to fucking, I'm going to say all of the things. Right. Mm -hmm. and <laughs> all the so, things you weren't allowed to say. All the things I wasn't yep. allowed to say. And that was spurred by hallucinogens Ooh. and a lot of a lot of hallucinogen uh, usage, as like we were talking about, you know, at the start. And so my writing style has kind of just been, um, I didn't really realize it, but it's essentially all been uh, free, free of thought. And like, essentially like not really knowing who I was writing for any of those albums. Mm. And then I realized I was kind of writing for myself. Oh yeah. Because, you know, and, oh. and that was like kind of the purpose of like what I was trying to do. But the problem with it was that I was putting my self-worth in everyone else's hands. 
That's I was like, hey, do you like this trap, music? bro. That's the art you trap, know? man. Do you like this? Oh, shit. You don't, you're not giving me the reaction that I was hoping for. Mm-hmm. I'm going to internalize that. And like uh, when Kevin was here uh, on his tour, I was, I was showing him my beat tape that I made. And, uh, you know, I was super excited. It was like, I'm going to, I'm going to try out making beats. I was going to start, I'm going to try out production. And then I showed it to some people in the scene and, uh, I got a lot of silence and some mediocre reactions, not like one positive reaction and took that as like, Oh, I'm a bad producer. I shouldn't make any more beats. And so I made one beat tape and I have not made beats and it's been like 10 years. Mm. I've been thinking about it a lot over those years. And I'm just like, you know what? I want to make some fucking beats. Right. I've been thinking about that a lot lately. Heard a song and I was like, sample, that's the one. I'm going to go sample that. And so, you know, no. fuck it. You know, I'm going to make it for myself because it doesn't matter if it pleases anyone else. Mm-hmm. Or if it doesn't, you know what I mean? It, 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 it's We make it for ourselves. But I do like what you are saying of having an audience and like that can kind of guide your art. Because otherwise I come into this situation where because I didn't know who I was writing for, and now I understood that I was writing for myself, but I'm still trying to to do that free intuition, you know, freehand writing, free thought, whatever. Uh, um, I come into these places where I'm like, okay, well, what is this song about? Or things like that. And so sometimes to have that intention and to like an idea to gestate on in a direction to go in is very important because otherwise the art can kind of just become... Uh, an iteration of itself over and over. Mm-hmm. If it's like mm-hmm. it's like you're trying to say the same thing, you know, kind of on repeat, mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. you don't want to do that. So I like the idea of thinking of a muse. For me, whenever I'm writing raps and I'm like, ah, you know, I'm not not thinking of it well. I think of Smokestack. Smokestack was just always one of those dudes where it's just like hanging out with him, the energy that he brings. Mm-hmm. He's the ODB of the crew. Yeah. If we ever get famous, you know, and, and I can make rap albums in like a professional studio, I'm. Bringing Scott out to just like get high and drunk, kick it, cool. drop some drop a verse or two, mm-hmm. you know. But Scott's yeah. like, and yeah, muses are interesting where you can where you you find people that inspire you, and as an artist, you kind of need to like keep those people around. Sometimes they're a little toxic in certain ways. I wouldn't say <laughs> Scott is toxic by any means, uh, um, but yeah, the the relationships with our muses is a very interesting concept. Gotta keep them close. But even the idea of it, if it can spurn something, fantastic. Yeah, I mean the 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 concept of the muse is like an interesting one because I think what it implies is that you have you don't need the muse to validate your work. You just view them as an inspiration. Yeah. That's all that's all it is. And so but that's a tricky thing to pull off. Mm-hmm. To to not need yeah, the validation. Shroom, you're it's prolific a- as fuck, man. What do you, what is what's your muse? What's your views on muse? <laughs> <laughs> nah, man. I think uh, like as far as muses go, well, some things like with creativity, you know, and staying creative and with your music and stuff. One thing I've always like tried to remember. My dad told me when I was really young. You know, he was like, no matter what you do or what you make, somebody out there will fuck with it. At least one person out there is going to vibe with that shit, you know. And for the most part, you know, it's true. There's a lot of varying degrees of quote unquote bad music. You know what I'm saying? That's out there that people fuck with, you know, for whatever reason, you know. But it's the 
dedication and it's like them taking the time to make it, you know, and putting it out there. Right. You know, and it's like not every song is going to be a banger. You know, another thing is like you with art, it's like you're practicing art, you know. Right. Like that's what it is. I'm right. practicing hip hop. You know, I'm practicing yes. hip hop, you know, and it's like the more I do it, the better I'm going to get the better I'm going to have tools to navigate, you know, and get through the shit, you know? And it's like, sometimes uh, like the easiest way of getting over writer's block or like you're stuck in a rut and you feel like you're doing the same shit. is just like, take a break and then just dive right back into it. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, that's funny. Rakim had that uh, piece of advice where he's like, if you run out of things to write about, then just put down the notepad and go like live. And just like experience life, exactly. and then you'll have more to write about. And it's like, mm-hmm. well, yeah. shit, yeah, that's true. Another, I was gonna say about that too. It's like how I'm feeling. One of the things that's been helping me a lot with creativity these days is like I'm telling my story. I'm finding the most right. intelligent, whimsical ways to tell. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yep. like my thoughts and feelings on certain topics or just stories that have happened in my life. You know, so it's like taking fucking bits from a conversation I had the other day and putting that in the lyric, you know, or it's like trying to like, yeah, with reading or like watching YouTube, you know, podcasts and shit, like they say a line in there and I'm like, you know what? That's a dope ass concept. I'm going to actually go deeper on that myself, you know, and fuck with that, you know? Yeah. And it's like, that's how I ended up. And like my shit's kind of crazy too, because I have songs like Mermaid Poon. You know what I'm saying? Like Jaws, yes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Left turn. Yeah. And then I got yeah. songs like Powerless and shit. Right. You know, so it's right. like you run the gamut, opposite end of the spectrum. You know. Mm-hmm. I like to. My muse is. Uh, I like to write all my songs directed at people who really don't like me for no particular reason, and co- <laughs> convince them that I'm worthy of love. You know. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes, though, if I'm hitting rock bottom in my creative process, I feel like that's where I'm at, dude. And it's like that's not right. a good place to be. <laughs> nah. Yeah. I think that, uh, or Kevin, what you were saying, like, I think, uh, I, I want to say it was Aesop Rock. I uh, listened to an interview with him back in the day or read uh, an interview with him that he was just like, yeah, I just take notes on life. And he's like, he, he always had a notebook around, but it's like anytime he's watching TV or he's out and he hears a conversation, like a word that he likes, he writes down that mm-hmm. word. And it's like, it makes sense when you, when you realize how uh, intricate his vocabulary is. I mean, that dude... Just as a, is a that's a rapper. I think he has like the most. He was like rated as like having the highest vocabulary in hip hop or something crazy mm. like that. In rap, he's definitely like top that. three, I'd say. He's definitely up there. I know that for yeah. sure. He's in the top three. Um, I think DMX is doing way better. Okay, way no, I'm just kidding. He was he was rated like the lowest, doesn't though. mean he's he's yeah, but he, he still make good music. It don't even matter though. It was so fire though. That's <laughs> true. And that's what I'm talking yeah. about. I think grown man rap is more, it, it, I mean, as we're grown men, I don't really want to listen to like adolescent braggadocious spewing as much anymore. And so right. it, it's interesting as like my hip hop taste has changed over the years and like what inspires me and what I enjoy. Yeah, it's absolutely. Just, you know, it definitely right. shifts. Yep. Yep. I mean, it's even yeah. hard to go back and listen to a lot of the old shit that was classic. That was like, 
I know, I'm right? Have you ever anymore. had that moment where you go back to a song that you fucking loved and then you're listening to it? Or especially if you want to show somebody else. Yes. And then you're yes. listening to it and you're like, <laughs> you're like, actually, oh, no. ouch. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I just want to put a disclaimer. You pause it. You're like, I want to put a disclaimer that I actually don't agree with any of the words that this person is saying, but I just once upon a time really liked the vibes that it portrayed. So sorry. And then the person had to be there the whole time. Sorry. Yeah, you had to be there. That's the one thing is cultural context. Yep. I think we talked about that a couple episodes ago. It's like things, uh, uh, they hit different at different moments in time. They really do. Um, obviously, 80s movies is a great example of that. Dude, you know? I rewatched like, Mean Girls. Oh. And oh. like, I was like, damn, bro, this is, ugh, this is, wow, this is, and that's not that long ago, but it's like, man, a lot of this is really cringe, bro. Like, oh my mm. goodness gracious. Oh, yeah. A lot that's of racial humor. Years, right? Oh, she's from Africa. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And a lot of like <laughs> the hard fucking the the R word just used in the most like brutal way. Oh yeah, like just yeah. no. Fucks There's a lot given. of that. Yep. Uh, like lots of gay jokes. It's just like oh my goodness gracious. Like I get it. Maybe it's like a soft way to like open the door to like normalizing something. Maybe, but oof, man, it was a little bit uncomfortable. I think there was that time in, in humor with movies where uh, the door, uh, the the uh, the door of what you could joke about was very big for a very long time, and um, so comedy writers, I think, were just going to a lot of lowbrow humor, right? Lowest hanging fruit, man. Yep, because it's easy and it was funny. And then as that door started to shrink, right? People like I think in a way, whether they realized it or not, we're kind of starting to panic and we're trying to get everything out before they knew the door was closing. <laughs> and so, okay. it's All like, right. what is Mean Girls came out in like 2003 or 2004? Yeah, I think so. So, yeah. it's like that that weird era where it's like, every now and then you get some like really problematic humor in some movies where it's just, yeah, they're like going hard on gay people yeah. or people with mental disabilities because those were the things that hadn't been taken off the table. Right, right. And so like the people were like, oh shit, well let's get a couple more punches in before this thing is like mm -hmm. taken out of the ring. I can tell you know, wow. Even though it's dead. Let's be racist oh, to Asians a little bit more. Just a right, little right. Bit more. It's still okay. It's still okay. <laughs> it's still okay. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Speaking of the ring, wasn't that movie The Ringer? Was that the Johnny Knoxville joint where he was like in the Jesus. special <laughs> I, oh, I yes. totally fucking yes. forgot about that movie, bro. Like, yes, I, I did not think about Olympics. that movie. It's so odd. <laughs> I think I saw that in theaters. <laughs> what? <laughs> wow. I, uh, I think Christy uh, Yamaguchi Mayan, uh, he posted about that the other day. Oh, I think, shit. Like, just, okay. just like, you know, being like, this movie was ahead of its time or something like that. Just trolling people. <laughs> ahead of its time. Oh, Jesus <laughs> I can't remember what the quote was. but The, yeah. the Special Olympics, I, I have the, the ESPN Plus app, and so I'll just log on to see what sports are on. Special Olympics are televised. That's dope. It's kind of wild. It's pretty fucking cool to see some, like down syndrome like thick down syndrome dudes lifting weights yeah that's hell yeah dope. that's fucking, <laughs> that's fucking cool i mean yeah yeah uh special olympics is actually a really good watch and it's like one of those things where it's like you'll find yourself in tears and like really rooting for the people like mm -hmm. you know it has a lot of the same emotional roller coasters and, and you're rooting for the people exactly the same that you would that's the thing like for the longest time, they were like, oh, the Special Olympics, that won't sell. You know, women's sports, that doesn't sell. Right. And it's like, dude, if you just put it on TV, people fucking love it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, right. it's exactly. like like the, the NCAA women's tournament this last year was just like, it it 
knocked the men's tournament out of the waters for numbers. Mm. Oh, it's yeah. just like, yeah, once you start to televise this shit, people actually watch it because they know where right. to watch it. Right. It always rem- reminds me of this story of, uh, I was listening to this true crime podcast and this lady, she was like this older lady talking about her time, like working to catch the serial killer or whatever. And, uh, she was talking about how, so like, you know, like in the, I don't know, sixties or whatever, fifties, like, you know, nobody would have thought a woman would have made a good cop, you know, that's ridiculous. Yeah. But she that's was like, but stuff. our uniform, they made us wear skirts and heels. Like they yep. forced us to. How were we yep. supposed to be good cops? How were we supposed to be effective at our jobs in fucking heels and a skirt? That's absurd, you know? So it reminds me of that. It's like, yeah, it's like, of course fucking women aren't good cops because you aren't giving them like regular pants and like <laughs> shoes. You're like, how are you supposed to chase the bad guy right. like three inch flats? They're just like happening. trying to run with their little heels. Like, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> down yeah. I can't simultaneously look hot for you yeah you're gonna like and chase this dude down you know (laughs) handcuff somebody's legs together and be like oh he can't ever fucking do the relay race you know or their feet together i mean hands hands Hands. (laughs) well either way really because it's a relay race so i was right actually and i didn't misspeak (laughs) you can still run the relay with hands (laughs) yeah i was gonna uh, say (laughs) <laughs> and yeah. it would be hard to run. <laughs> that would suck so bad. That would be a really good. Uh, maybe that should be in the Olympics. Oh like shit! Hand, handcuffed, like handcuffed racing. racing. Oh handcuffed my god! I would racing. do that. That sounds fun as hell. <laughs> now would the would the oh, hands be in the back oh, like you just escaped, oh, or would they be in the front? <laughs> That'd be funny. Oh, Looking like some both. ostriches. Both. We'd have both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there you go. You'd have two yeah. events. You know. Well, no, 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 no. Here's this. So the relay, the relay race, because the person has to have the hands in back when they catch it. (laughs) And they just take off. Oh, I see. Okay. But then how's he going to hand it off? (laughs) You got to spin. Well, that's the last person. You got to do a nice spin. uh, In front. Yeah, the guy in front is going to be running up behind the grab it. Actually, that could work, though. That seems hella logical, actually. That'd be fire. So we used to do this thing. Uh, my my buddy's uh, parents had this, you know, pretty nice house with some blueberry trees and, like, a little orchard on it and stuff. And we'd go out and smoke, uh, smoke the bong out and do solar rips and shit. Hell, yeah. And we'd do these things that we, we just called them, like, stoner Olympics. Where it's like, all right, take this bong rip and then go run around the blueberry tree and come back. And so... <laughs> I feel like this would be a perfect event for the Stoner Olympics. <laughs> yeah. Just like handcuffed yeah. <laughs> relay racing. Dude, I'm not going to lie, man. I So I had my 11-year-old niece yesterday. Whoo! I had to take the whole day today to recover, man. Like, I cannot be running around and doing all sorts of cardio, bro. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I'm so exhausted. Oh, man, that's See, hilarious. We've got the 14-year-old here, but he just sits and, and he like he hangs out with his friends on Discord. Yeah. And he plays video games oh, and, and talks yeah. to his friends on Discord. So having him we, we had him around when he was eleven and he was just chilling. So Oh, she is a opposite end of the spectrum. Yeah. She does right. roller derby and she just can't oh, do shit. enough activities. Like <laughs> she's so active. Uh, with her doing roller derby, she doing like the whole on like pushing people. Hell and shit. yeah, bro. Like pushing people oh, over and shit. Yeah. Whoa dude yep that's looking yep. crazy it's like fun as that's fuck like, actually like i want to get involved that shit is dope. yo that shit's dope I, 
I want to get into like a little person's, uh, not like a little, little person, (laughs) but not a big burly man roller derby league. (laughs) Yeah. I can't like a weight class type situation. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Like a mid-sized person (laughs) league. Have you guys seen that video? That's like this old roller derby footage of this dude just going full beast mode. And he's like (laughs) rolling, he's rolling around. And like the first thing he does is there's two dudes trying to block him. And he jumps and kicks them both in the chest <laughs> and knocks them over, gets up and keeps going. And it's Whoa. like, dude, he proceeds to just brutalize person after person. And it's just oh like, God. oh no. Like, what are the yeah, roller derby? I, I don't like, need to do roller derby. I yeah. Chase yeah. yeah, that's shit. Dude, dude was get, just rocking people. <laughs> I don't want to be rocked. Oh, a trail shit. of bodies. <laughs> that's sick. Do they? Do, I love do, it. Are, is there men's roller derby anymore? That's a good they question because I only be. ever see women doing it. Yeah. So maybe it just point. was like one of those things where it was just too dangerous <laughs> to get men out there. Dude, <laughs> too aggro because they're <laughs> jumping yeah, and kicking each other with skates in the chest. Oh, no, there's a men's roller derby association, apparently. Okay. So You looked it up? Yeah. It's It's just too intense. It looks fun as fuck, though. No, actually, I do know that there. My, I have two buddies in town in Portland that were doing co-ed uh, uh, roller derby for a good while. Oh wow! Oh, and Rob, co-ed, they're about okay. your, they're about your size, oh, maybe shit. a little shorter. Oh, thank God! All right, I can fuck yeah. with that. Yeah, and and those dudes were, you know, they played metal. So uh, that's this is one thing I want to do. I'm going to hit these guys up because I want to make a metal song. So I don't listen to metal or anything like that, but I could do metal vocals, <laughs> like guaranteed. <laughs> Like, yeah. like and, and so I want to do a song. Uh, it's called Cuddle Me, Bitch. That's fire. <laughs> Yo, that's so funny because, like, I had this joke with this dude I did theater with once. And uh, it was like, yo, I'm going to fucking tickle you, bitch. You know, like. Well, that's what dude says. So Selena yeah. says, I'll be laying down. And I'm like, and I'm like, I'll just start metal voicing. I'm like, Cuddle Me, Bitch. <laughs> Cuddle Me, Bitch. <laughs> like, I want you to be the little spoon. You know, just like, start doing like that. She's just like, what are you doing? I'm just like, Cuddle Me. I got my body, got my body pillow that I'm cuddling and I'm getting oh her a spoon. <laughs> a spoon sandwich. Wow. Spoon sandwich. I just want to be comfortable. It's beautiful, man. Yeah. But yeah, I want to make metal music that's about, you know, very not metal stuff. Yeah. Or is cuddling metal? That's the question. Hmm. Let's take away the, you know, the masculine connotations to what metal music is. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can make cuddling metal. Yeah. I think it Cute depends. Metal. On what genre? Because if it's like black Norwegian metal. metal or something, <laughs> <laughs> probably not. Touche, touche. Sporks. Sporks. That's what your album name metal. is called. Spoons are made of metal. That's the name <laughs> oh, of the album. Oh shit! I missed that. Uh, oh, that's good. That's fire. Ooh, that's fire. Spoons what are you doing, dude? He's getting ready to jump. Yeah, we got a cat lurking like a gargoyle. What are you doing, bud? I don't want a cat so bad. Can you have one in your apartment? No. Ah, damn. When I'm on the court, I'm a machine, a vehicle, a weapon, weapon, weapon. A single-engine multi-role fighter aircraft originally developed by General Dynamics for the United States Air Force. And when I need to engage in an aerial fueling maneuver, I always fill up my F-16 Fighting Falcon's left exterior fuel tank with sucrose. With 24 grams of sugar and a thousand milligrams of sodium, it's enough to keep me flying. Sucrose, get high.
So I watched, speaking of schemes, I watched uh, The Italian Job the other day. Oh, tight. Wait, had, the original had, or the uh, remake? No, the remake. Oh, okay. And I had never seen it before. And that was an awful movie. Was it? So oh, bad. shit. Is that the one with Nicolas Cage or something? Or No, it's no, got I'm Mark Wahlberg. Gone in 60 Seconds. Gone in 60 Seconds is, uh, it's not great, but it's way more entertaining. The Italian Job is an ad for Mini Coopers. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is literally what it's an ad for. But it's got Edward Norton. So like the opening what? scene shows up and they're all doing a heist and it's got uh, Mark Wahlberg... And it's got a bunch of people, and then Edward Norton shows up, and he's got a. They show him, and he's got a mustache, and I'm like, oh well, he's clearly the bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> he's wearing a black beanie with a black mustache, and I'm just like, if if it, if this is one of those like 1920s tropes where it's just like, yeah, the guy with the black hat is the bad guy. <laughs> oh my god! And then they but literally, literally that. that was how that was how hard it was done, and I get it. It's supposed to be you know referencing the 60s movie or whatever the Italian Job used to be. Apparently, the was, original was like fucking fire. Well, that's what they said, yeah. but it's got Michael uh, Caine in it. It's got Michael Caine in it. Michael Caine. Oh, is that Steve Jobs? And by Steve Jobs, I mean Steve. Uh, what's the name? Wiz always says his name. Steve McQueen. Oh uh, yeah, different Steve from McQueen. Steve Jobs. Steve McQueen. <laughs> he does say. Did Steve he direct McQueen it? all the time? Although Steve Jobs did drive like no. Steve McQueen and like an asshole, and he would never put uh, license places on his cars, what? and he Steve would just Jobs like would? laugh. Yeah, he would laugh at the fucking um, the cops that would pull him over and give him tickets, and he would not. He would park in handicapped spots. He didn't give a shit because he was Steve Jobs. Oh yeah, he's rich. I mean, who gives a shit? Exactly. Steve was, Jobs did this. Yeah. <laughs> That's fire, dude. I did not know. That's that. why I said Steve Jobs. A Freudian slipped that one because you know that's how he did drive like Steve McQueen. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, he was just taking it to its logical end. I mean, if you have money, the rules don't fucking apply. I mean, that's just the facts, dude. Mm -hmm. Like, what can they do to you? You can literally do anything, and you can afford a good lawyer and your bail and to leave the country. <laughs> well, then it just made you realize that. Police or laws are for poor people. Yes, exactly. Right. Yes. Oh, that's it. Yes. The poorer yeah. you are, the more they apply. The more laws you you have to do. More the laws you have That's literally true. Applies to you. Less laws, the higher you climb. Right. Pretty much. What What part of Seattle are you living in, Beige? I'm living in Beacon Hill. Oh, nice. Beacon Hill. Hell yeah. That's Beacon Hill. Sucks. Yeah, it's really good. Hell it's yeah. a good area. I love Beacon Hill. Hell yeah. Yeah, we're pretty close to Chinatown or the uh, International District. Hell yeah. And it's far enough away from Capitol Hill to be somewhat affordable. Mm. Mm -hmm. No, Beacon Hill's beautiful. Always love going out there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we live right next to, uh, um, we're next to Jefferson Park, nice. which is really nice. Oh, yeah. They have one of those uh, like community food forests there where the the community can get together on Saturdays and work in the garden, like weeding and stuff. And then you get some access to the kale when it comes up and it kind of, you know, Ooh. it's each year it gets bigger and bigger. And it's yeah. Just, yeah. It's cool. That's dope. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. Man, how close are you to clock out lounge? Very close. Very close. Have you, yeah. have you performed there before? I have not performed there, but, uh, that's where I met one of my homies out here at Ninja Nisus. I met him there. But the reason I bring up Clock Out Lounge is Breezy Town Pizza. Have you had that pizza? So good. 
That is it's the so best good. pizza in Washington, I think. Really? It's really Hands good. Down. Yeah, it's it takes a long time to cook because they make it in cast irons. It's the thick Chicago style, oh, like super thick yeah. crust. Mm. And yeah. it's good. I can wait for a pizza. Yeah. That shit is the dankest. I would roll around that shit right now. <laughs> if there was a pizza, if I had the option, so they like, yo, this pizza just came out the oven. You can have it if you lay down in it and roll around. <laughs> And I'd be like, let's go. Let's go, baby. To absorb that shit through my pores, that shit is so good. <laughs> yeah. Fuck, bro. Breezy. Sounds like you need to start an OnlyFans where you're just <laughs> rolling naked, around. rolling in food, and then consuming it. And I guarantee people Man, would pay for that. It's like a mukbang, so... but you don't actually eat the food. Yo, exactly. exactly. <laughs> like you're banging the muck, dude. Wow. You're banging the muck. Oh. You're banging the muck. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> a huge plate of uh, of lasagna or enchiladas or ancho lasagna. <laughs> exactly. There's there's too many good ideas. I need to start an OnlyFans because there's just too much. There's too much I can do. But it's yeah. got to be food possibilities related. All of it. Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah, okay. Of course, it's going to be food related. All of it's going to be food related. But but, uh, but yeah, the clock out lounge is is great. And um, the <laughs> am I like to do? <laughs> am I the professional here? Um, <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, but no, clock out lounge is sick. And they they do the. I think the owner of clock out lounge, I think they were a booker for um, rendezvous or one of the bigger bigger. Oh, uh, that's how that shit came to be on Capitol Hill, and sh- oh. and they got hurt their own spot and so the events are constant since that's what they do is is book events so it's like they have comedy they have karaoke they have funk night they have mm. hip-hop they have all sorts of uh every night there's something going on which is dope oh man it's dope as I fuck dope. i like that i like to hear that that's fire it's good yeah next time i'm out there i gotta try and get up in there yeah we should book a show there, so yeah the, the other beacon hill thing is the uh the shell station has the dank um, Bro. fried fried oh, catfish. You are not lying. Yeah, like, all of that food no, that's in there. The truth. Like, I've been there. Been there many a time. Yeah, yeah. That shit slaps. This is the craziest thing. <laughs> and what is that ta- uh, taco? Uh, what's that taco joint where they got Across the El street? Pastor uh, taco? There, yeah. There was a. Um, it's like a there chain, was a, I guess, but. Bomb. Not Taco Chukis. Yeah, Taco Chukis. Yeah. There is a Tacos Chukis now in Beacon Hill, yeah. which is nice. I love that. Yeah. That's the shit. Yep. That's my other favorite thing in Beacon Hill. Those tacos, too. Ooh, Man. shit. So good, bro. We might tacos. have to go get some tacos after that. <laughs> mm. um, back when I was living with Chance, um, he would go to the Shell Station and he would get chicken gizzards. Yeah. <laughs> um, Hell yeah. That which, sounds delicious. Do you guys know what part of the body that is? I, I'm not even going to lie. I don't. <laughs> I think it's like the, this in the throat. Am I tripping? Maybe that? throat. Okay, crazy, Maybe yeah. the throat. Yeah. It, it it felt like chewing on some Adam's apples. Yep. <laughs> for sure. Uh, I think it's, uh, I think it is. I'll Real gristly. My mom used to cook up, fry up a bunch of chicken hearts. Just like a shit ton of chicken hearts. And they were so fucking good. And like, it There's feels weird to fire. even say that, but they were so <laughs> good. It's a, a muscular, thick-walled part of a bird's stomach for oh. grinding food, typically oh. with grit. Gross, dude. Oh. So it's specifically... I don't need to know where my food comes from, man. I'm just going <laughs> to eat it. It's fine. <laughs> just I'm just going to eat this hot dog, man. I don't need to know. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I'm just going to eat this hot dog, man. All right. I need to know. Is this... Is a gizzard, chicken gizzard, is that the equivalent 
to a fucking chitlin. Oh, now, dude, I don't even know what a chitlin like is. I'm not going to lie. I don't even know. Oh, now, that's the pig's butthole. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, it seems to me like it's one of those things where uh, it's it's uh, it's not a desirable cut from yeah. from the meat, but it becomes like people get a taste for it, you know? Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, okay, chit- right. Chitlins are uh, small intestines, uh, usually made from pigs. Right. Yeah. Mm. They're also been filled with force meat. Right. Force meat to make Wait. sausage. Yeah. Force me. Force me? Yeah, force Yeah, it's me. the oh, weirdest that's term. That's also my OnlyFans name. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh, there's this Chinese dude that has this sub shop next to my house, and I always go and get it. And he was talking about how, like, the best part of a cow, he was like, I'm not going to do his accent, obviously. Thank you very much. I am upset <laughs> well that you played. thought I would. But he's he was like, "What? what's your favorite cut of the cow? What's your favorite part of the cow? And I was like, I don't I, the rump I don't know whatever and he's like uh, no it's it's the tail it's the tail and I was like what and he was talking about how he like his homie went fishing and brought him the fish and he's like no 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 I just want the head I'm like damn bro you doing unorthodox shit but uh, I guess yeah. it's like a cultural <laughs> thing but yeah I get it. You can use the head too, but I mean the the flesh of the fish is also <laughs> no. Good. He just wanted yeah, the it was head. Also really fire. He's like, take the just just give me the head. I don't want nothing else. Uh, yeah. Wow. Wow. People like unorthodox, you know. And then like I remember like I went to the taco truck when I was like twelve, like the legit taco truck, and I was like, oh shit, cow brain. What the fuck? <laughs> cow tongue. Oh, shit. Man, what? Lengua. Lengua. Yeah. Barbacoa, and that shit was awesome. My homie just got me some tacos. He was like, I'll get you something you'll like. Don't worry about it. And he brought me the fucking tacos. I was like, oh, this is so good, bro. What is this? That's cow brains. It's like, oh. What's wow. it called again? What are your... Cow refer brains. To it as? Uh-huh. That's just what he called it? I don't remember what it was That's called. That's not the name. I don't speak Spanish, sir. Hot. I mean, I speak Spanish. I don't... I'm going to go get a cow brain. I'm going to find a cow brain taco tomorrow. Replace my brain with a cow brain. It's fucking good. I'm hungry. There's no part of an animal that you can't eat and enjoy. Uh, Y'all ever had a cow testicle? No. Nope. Have you? Nope. When people eat them. What are they called? Uh, Rocky Mountain uh, oyster or whatever? Oysters. Yeah, yeah. yeah Rocky Mountain <laughs> oysters. <laughs> Never had one. Bull test. Bull test. Bull testy. Bull test. Testa. No, man. If they eat them on Fear Factor, then. <laughs> I mean, if it was like, let's, you know. If if they sliced it and pan fried it, you know, or deep fried it, I'd mm-hmm. try it. You wouldn't even know the difference if they didn't tell you. Mm-hmm. You would. <laughs> you a think so? The, you would. Yeah, I mean, a lot of that shit is like it doesn't taste, you know, normal. It, like it has like uh, elemental flavors in it. You know what I mean? Oh, like a lot yeah. of stuff like can taste like bloody. Mm. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Like a mm-hmm. lot of those internal organs. That makes. And sense. some people really That's like good. that. They like that iron blood flavor. Yeah, like liver. One of the grossest things that we ever did was um, we had a bunch of extra blood from the, the uh, trays of burgers. And so I, I consolidated all the blood and then I fried up the blood. <laughs> That's so foul, dude. Why did you do that? And so it, it came out. It came out like a gray scrambled eggs. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah and then I we put that, that on a sandwich. Oh, dude. And why? then one dude ate his whole half. I took one bite and I just like, dude, 
The, the, the flavor was so intense. It was like like blood cubed. Like it's just like it was just like it kept like layers just kept unraveling. I was like, oh, and out of my mouth. Dude liked it. But it was like, dude, it looked like like gray scrambled eggs. It was just that is so gross. Uh, and it tasted like uh, iron, sort of. It tasted just like pure iron. Wow. Was, iron sandwich. Any y'all had uh, blood uh what's that called? The Scottish blood shit. sausage? Uh, blood sausage. Blood I thought it was like blood soup or something like that. Oh, I know what you're talking about, blood but uh, I have not no. not had any of those. I have not yeah, me um, I'm good on blood. I'm into uh uh people fighting each other, like boxing and MMA and shit like that. Yeah. I love that stuff. And there was a there was a fighter, a MMA fighter back in the day who would he was a Dutch fighter and he would eat shark meat. Oh. Because he thought that the shark meat would make him like more fierce, I guess. It was like that old idea of like you be you you yeah. like uh, what you eat. You yeah, yeah you right. He's taking that literal as fuck. You eat. Nope. Yeah, <laughs> I always thought that was <laughs> fucking badass. That's pretty. Dumb. I want to try shark. I would like to try shark. Really yeah. What's fucked up though? I hear with like shark fin, like people cut the fin off of a shark and then throw it back in the water Oof. and shit. Yeah, like it's such a dick move. Like humans are so that's fucked such up. Such a dick move, man. Yeah, like, that's so fucked up. Why would you? This is like some dude just comes up, takes the hacks your arm off, and then just <laughs> boots, hey, you, boots you in your ass. <laughs> All right, get out of here. <laughs> yeah, dude, Jeez, go get, get him, Tiger. Get out of here, kid. You bother me. <laughs> Damn. Be that's kid, bother up. Me. Yeah, it's bad. Wait, what's the weirdest thing you've eaten, beige? Um, I have eaten dog before. Oh, shit. Oh, this, shit. This is a controversial thing. Um, but I was, I was in Vietnam and I was 20. Um, I don't think I would eat dog today, but I ate dog then. And it was, yeah, it was, a, it was fucking weird. And, and I, I, I think I'm the type of person that wants to you know, you only get one life. Um, right. Go, go have all the experiences. Right. Um, and so there was my my buddy took me to this. He said, "You want to try dog?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, I'm open to it." And so he took me. <laughs> the, the The restaurant was like this back alley. There was definitely no white folks there or any any non uh, Vietnamese folks there. Um, they looked at me like I was weird. Like, why is this guy? Why is this tourist here? And, um, yeah, we had some, it was like lemongrass, uh, dog meat and you wrap it in little, um, lettuce leaves and then dip in fish sauce and eat it like that. And it was, it was all right. It was pretty good. Tasted, I would say a little like pork maybe. Um, but, uh, yeah, just one, one of those fucking things that, um, uh, yeah, I think at the now just knowing what I know, um, I wouldn't do it, but, but it's, but it's always a weird, it's a weird thing though to talk about because it's like dogs, we just value them more than like cows and chickens and stuff. Right. And a lot of people, I'm sure a lot of vegetarians would be like, what's the fucking difference, dude? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is the fucking difference? Well, yeah. I mean, what is it? Uh, Indian cultures, they view the cow as holy and we consume the cow sure. like holy hell Right. Uh, <laughs> over here. <laughs> and I mean, pigs are arguably more intelligent than dogs. Right. Mm. And we fucking, you know, eat bacon all day. Yeah, and I had so, hella bacon yesterday. 
It was great. <laughs> How dare you, I, you evil human? <laughs> that was bad. That was big yesterday. It was exciting. It was fucking fire. I think like that we've co-evolved with dogs though over such a long period of time though. It's like the transference of the disgust of cannibalism. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it gets transferred over to dogs and like it's Agreed. like eating a human. I can see that. Even though it is literally like it's so arbitrary because it is just another animal, you know, that we could get sub- sustenance from. But mm-hmm. but we have that deep, that deep, we can, like, a, you can have a brotherly connection with a dog. Right. You can have such a deep, right. yeah. But you can also have a brotherly connection with a pig, 100%. man. Pigs are Absolutely. pets. Like, right. I, that, that's right. like the thing about it is just like pigs are fucking intelligent. And they, you know, like my friend has a pig. His name's Bean. Oh, He's cute. a sweetheart, yeah. you know. She's she's had him for I want to say like a decade, but it's like Bean lives in her backyard. He's got an Instagram account, Little Bean Big Adventures. <laughs> yeah. He's a good boy. Shout out on the pod, uh, Little Bean Big Adventures on yes, Instagram. Yes, it's a good yeah. follow. Any content yeah. is good, dude. He's I a, would he was a sweetheart. totally I met him when buy he was a, a pig guy. if I knew they were going to stay the size of like a cat. But they don't. Well, you can get. You can get many don't. pigs. You can get. Can you though? Because I heard that was a myth. Like mm-hmm. you think they advertise them as teacup pigs or whatever, but oh, then like they grow up and they're like that's... fucking like <laughs> massive. Right. And then what no, happens is like small, they, ass regular pigs. Yeah, and then people get like mad about it and they they fucking you know toss the pig to the side and then, you know it's just a fucked up thing you know like. But if I could main guarantee that that shit would be like this big, I would totally get a pig. They're so fucking cute, man. I, I like mini goats. No, like, goats are cute as well. I, I was on a, on a walk the other day, so and there were some goats. Cute. And my friend, he was like, oh, shit, they're the goats. And he walked over to the fence, and he was just like, meh, meh. <laughs> <laughs> and they literally, two of them perked up and like, and like come to him. And then there's a little barn over on the corner, and just it's out of nowhere, it was like, oh, shit, he coming. You know, and he was just like, this one goat was just like, <laughs> so fucking funny. But he just went up to the, the fence, and he was like, meh. They were just like, they know what's up. Yeah, they're like, oh, you speak in my language. What's up? Like, I you talk to chickens all the time. Like, speak in my language. <laughs> yeah, I, I want goats. I want a pig. Goat. I wish I could have I a whole mini shit, tiny little farm. If I could turn my front yard mm. into tiny, a tiny little ranch with like a miniature yeah, horse a and a tiny thing. goat and like a tiny little <laughs> teacup pig. <laughs> a little petting zoo? Yeah, a little petting zoo. Oh, man. Literally a little petting zoo. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you get those tiny turtles and shit oh, too. Oh, bro! Yes. There's a guy that lives pretty close to here that's got like one of those giant land tortoises that's like oh, 100 shit. years old that lives on his property. Wow. It's badass. That's yes, so Those dope. things are epic as fuck. Yeah. Did you yep. touch wow. it? Wow. I think those can live for a few hundred years. A little long time. Damn. Live longer than us, that's for sure. Yeah. Now live him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it probably is older than him. And this guy's like, you know, I think he fought in like the Korean War or oh, something shit. like that. He's like an old veteran. And uh, his property is super interesting. But he's got like a, a big old plastic horse on the front of the like horse monument on the front of the property that is a memorial for this horse that saved a bunch of people's lives in Korea. Whoa. And he's, oh, and then, but he's also got this giant tortoise on the property. And it's a very interesting <laughs> property. When you drive by, you're like, Oh, there's a lot to look at here. Yeah. <laughs> a lot to look at here. And it's got like plaque. There's like a plaque for the horse, you know, like as in memorial for it. So you could like stop, like stop and, and look at it. Somebody got to make a documentary about this fucking horse, dude. What? 
I've never heard about that's that. That's what I'm saying, man. I was like, shit, do yeah. I need to go over there with my mic and just be like, hey, man, do you want to <laughs> yeah. tell me about your horse and I'll tell the world? <laughs> I want to hear about tell your horse, your boss. Horse tell me about your horse and I'll tell the world. <laughs> You're like, that's a good plan, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, hey, you don't have to do anything except talk, right? Yeah, war animals deserve more uh, props. Dude, like... As fucked up as war is, it's just like, yeah, let's take this animal and just like put it in the middle of things and be like, <laughs> right. hey, save me. Completely nothing to do with. Oh, it's, it's like, yeah, like people like when I see those 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 pictures and it's just like, yeah, during World War Two, they would keep a cat on board of all the Navy ships. Right. And it's just like, mm -hmm. I'm like, that is super sweet. And poor kitty. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Both are true. Yeah. You know, it's just like, I get it, you know. Mm -hmm. A cat is like apparently a staple for a ship, though. Like, I guess cats are like, yeah, because, you know, they catch pestilence. Like rats rats and shit. Shit. Yeah, I mean, rats will, that carries disease, right? Mm -hmm. Cats just eat the disease and then they just sit there and. And they just rats. ingest the disease. Yeah, my wife went on a trip. I dropped her off at the airport today. And she, like, picked up all her, like, luggage, and there was, like, a little half-eaten, like, spider. It was, like, fucking fat. And, yeah, one of the cats just, like, ripped it apart and just left it there. <laughs> well, yeah, they do that apparently because they they think that we can't hunt. And so they, they're, they're not They wrong. love us, and they leave us presents. Like, they, you know, they're like, oh, I hunted for you, too. Right. Like, like the cat's a little provider. Yep. My buddy, one of my best friends in high school. It's the least they could do. We'd always right. come back to his house and there'd be like the head of a rabbit or like oh some squirrel God. guts or something. Oh. Just like always like on the top of this stair. And it would just be sitting there like. <laughs> <laughs> like you don't know how creepy you are, do you? <laughs> yeah, just. Right. I mean, then it would snuggle and just be super happy. And then it's like, why aren't you eating your squirrel head? Yeah. <laughs> Honey, you didn't touch, you know, like those like. The memes that are yeah. like, honey, you haven't touched your Jabacado toast or you know, whatever. And it's just like avocado toast in the form of Jabba the Hutt. It's <laughs> yeah, just like, that's one of my favorite meme series. I don't really like a lot of memes, but that meme series. Dude, I love memes so fucking much. And there's always new formats that just tickle me to no end. Like there's one where it's like, <laughs> it's like out of context movie clips or show clips. And... A lot of them have been like The Walking Dead for some reason, but it'll be like when you just washed your hands and then it'll be a, a, a scene of the guy and he's like, my hands are clean. <laughs> That's so fucking stupid, but it makes me laugh every time. Me and, me and a buddy had this conversation recently where we were talking about it because for the longest time I'd be like, oh, this is just all super genius and it's amazing how creative we all are. Yeah. But then recently my my switch kind of flipped and I was like, is this the laziest form of communication that we've ever been a part of? It's both. Mm -hmm. Like, like it's just the sharing of content that other people are creating. Right. And like, not like, I've had a problem where I'll text a buddy and like, not hear from him for like three, four days. And I'm like trying to ask him about some shit that like might not matter to them, but it kind of matters to me. Mm -hmm. Or like, or even like, hey, how are you doing? And, like, you just get radio silence, but the person sending you constant barrages of memes <laughs> on Instagram. Oh, yeah, like that shit, yeah. That's their this love language, we, Hash. Well, get used to exactly, it, man. This is, this is where we're in, a, we're in a world where this is a lot of people's love language is the sharing of memes. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like, 
it is nice in a lot of ways, but it at is. a certain point, I'm just like, I want to talk to you, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is that so much to ask? Mm-hmm. Am I the asshole for wanting to talk to mm-hmm. my friends? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Apparently, I'm a dick. Yeah. Yeah, you shouldn't so. want to have such a close relationship with other people. It's fucking I know. Weird. What the hell? Right. I know. Right. <laughs> yep. Fuck. Yeah, but I mean, it's like people People have been doing things like that. Like, ma- like oh, I made you a... a um, mixtape. A mixtape. Oh, yeah. yeah. This is like music for you. And I guess the me- memes are just kind of like that, but you like just ideas instead of music. Yeah. Yeah, but it's like, it's like that if you were like, I made a mix for you, but it was just one song. So it's like, it'd be different if like... <laughs> well, it's like, it's di- like if they sent you like... <laughs> 32 tapes and all of them had like one song on them <laughs> yeah yeah and they're just like listen to this or I, I, it's like an interesting concept but it's like i see what the the similarity is there but the the difference with the mixtape was like it was like oh i thought about this process i thought about all the things that you would like and then i like mixed it together like, mm-hmm. i would always be like very conscious of the different vibes and i would want to like send it in between like you couldn't all just be like stacked energy up here or the reggae songs here or mm-hmm. all that you know so it's curated there was an art to it and so mm-hmm. there was even though you were taking other people's art you were kind of making a collage out of it yeah right? whereas just don't get me wrong like a lot of these memes it's like amazing and so i go back and forth mm-hmm. on on internet content right the other day i was just like i'm done with all of it and then i discovered this guy chef reactions and i'm like I'm all for it. Yeah. I'm getting a TikTok because yeah. chef see. reaction videos are fucking absurd. And then Rob told me about this one where just a, a lady that's very positive and positively reacting. And it's just like, okay, well, I guess there is internet for me, you know? Yep. <laughs> but it's just the, the push and pull that it all um, comes with. I think largely the biggest part of it for me is like, I ultimately want to be creating. Like I love to create. And even in a conversation with people, you're creating in a way, Absolutely. you know what I mean? Like when, yeah. when, when, like in this conversation, yeah. we might all be bullshitting, but we are creating ideology and cementing, sure. you know, a foundation for things. And there is creating the creation of a relationship or whatever, or a podcast episode. So it's like, ultimately, I really like that. And I think um, getting caught up in just consuming other people's art means that you can't create yourself. Because if mm. you're doing that all day, it's like when I hear famous rappers be like, I don't listen to rap. And it's just like, well, I, I get it because it's like, if you're creating art all the time, you don't really have time to consume art in the same way. Yeah. Consumers aren't creators a lot of the time. You can't do, you can't bark and bite at the same time. Yeah. So they say. Oh, the, okay. Oh, <laughs> there's some analogies. Yeah, there. I guess that's true. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I've, I've never, never tested the theory, you know? That's a good point. <laughs> but it's like um I think as as technology progresses, we start outsourcing our own like memories, ideas, creativities to uh, the machines. And mm-hmm. so conveying uh, ideas by sharing memes and stuff is kind of uh, that happening mm-hmm. um, instead of them saying words to you and connecting with you, they're like, oh, this I saw this thing that that. I think you would like, um, yeah, it's, it's outsourcing our brain work to computer stuff is an interesting, um, thing that's happening or the same thing I guess could be said about like, no one knows phone numbers anymore or directions. Like you just don't need to anymore. Mm -hmm. You can just have it 
It's it's like one less thing you have to worry about. Right. Um, yeah, Socrates talked about this when uh, the wor- the written word was first put down, and right. he said it would be the decimation of the human brain because <laughs> once you wrote a word down, you wouldn't need to remember it anymore. Right. Wow. And so it's like a really interesting yeah. concept when you look like you know thousands of years in the future, and like that concept can be applied to everything. Everything that we every tool that makes it easier for us makes us lazier. And sure. makes it so we don't have to have the computational abilities. Right. Mm-hmm. But but what if what if that's an awesome thing and we get to say, all right, all of the calculations and thinking shit, I don't have to worry about that. No. Let the computer do that. Yep. But you do you should maintain your creativity right. though. That's like the techno utopia that I would love to live in. That's like ideal, you know. Because I'm horrible at uh, that type of stuff, numbers and stuff. Like, let the machines do that. If I can just like do what I like to do, um, without worrying about all the boring shit, then that's great. Fuck yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, Rob. Mm-hmm. Made, I think you brought that point up that it, like allowing those type of tools to like really help you out and boost you up. Yeah. Rather than pull, I've rather, recently rather started with Chat GPT, and it's already mm. just immediately. It's helped me finish a poster design. It's helped me uh, format an email that was kind of difficult to figure out. I was like taking a second and I was like, oh God, how do I word this? I was like, what am I doing? What am I doing? I just typed it in a jet. I was like, word, you know, reword this for a business email. Bam. You know what I mean? It's like, why should I fucking nice. waste my fucking time with this bullshit when I can just shove it off to, to a computer that does it perfectly well? Yeah, and I think that the whole uh, benefit that you were outlining when you were talking about that before is that maybe this is going to allow us to evolve. Right. Maybe maybe uh, we there are parts of the brain that need to be unlocked or could be unlocked, but couldn't be before because we are just bogged down in minutia. Yeah. And it's the same kind of that same concept that if you can't consume, you can't create at the same time. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And if you're if you're being wrapped up in busy work all the time, you can't fucking do the the extra stuff. Yep. You know, right. when, I, when I'm in a restaurant, you know, and I'm, I'm, we have tickets coming in constantly. I can't do prep. Right. Right. Well. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> exactly. there's only one set of hands. Yeah. Unless you hire more people. It's too true. Don't do that. Dude, I had a yeah, really interesting <laughs> little thread with ChatGPT on, cause remember that, uh, Golden Beats was talking about, uh, Guy Debord and yes. the spectacle. So I was, I was yeah. talking with ChatGPT and I was like trying to draw the lines between like Neil Gaiman's American Gods, Guy Debord's right. The Spectacle of Society, and uh, and the the branch, the newly emerging branch of like memetics, like the study of memes, and how like maybe society or like large memetic structures could be like, and this is a thought I've had like for a really long time, but maybe they could be like sentient in a way that we can't really like fathom entirely you know what i mean because potentially consciousness emerges from complex structures you know it's like an emergent property of like a sufficiently complex uh you know chemical structure biochemical structure whatever uh can't say that for sure but potentially so like what if a sufficiently complex uh, complex uh, mimetic structure could give rise to a different type of sentience and so these like you know society itself is like making its own decisions and we are just hosts and like replicators of 
the things that are required to make it sentient. Anyway, whatever. It was interesting. Okay, I'm not gonna get it. Like hanging out details. with the Wachowskis. What? What'd you say? I said you've been hanging out with the Wachowskis again. <laughs> yeah, totally right. That's totally. Sounds that's very right. similar to a movie I saw in 1998 <laughs> right. with Keanu Reeves. Uh, the Superior <laughs> movie from 2003, though. I mean, come on. The bowling pins when he uh, when he throws an Agent Smith at the 500 other Agent Smiths, and the bowling pin noise <laughs> happens. <laughs> Amazing! I forgot about Dude, that. Dude, oh I God. like we rewatched the Matrix trilogies. And I was like, they actually used a bowling yes. pin yeah, sound. Yeah, I remember. I rewound it because like I was like, Melanie, shit. me and Mel just looked at each other. We were like, what the fuck? We had to rewind <laughs> it. Like, did that just fucking happen? Yeah, <laughs> there's a. I, I watched the movie Takers last night, and it's got Idris Elba, Hayden Christensen, Paul Walker. Oh, interesting. And T.I., Chris Brown. Sounds like a talent bomb. It's absolute ridiculous mishmash of of, of movies and a bunch of really bad oh. acting in it. But that being <laughs> said, there's this moment where Idris Elba walks out onto the porch and he's got his drink in his hand and like the full moon and like camera pans like from behind him to like to the side of him and he puts his hand out and he like he's pointing at the moon clearly mm -hmm. and then he goes, you know, he does, does the trigger pull but then they add this sound Why? effect. It's like what? <laughs> like what the fuck? And like so, I'm That's watching so it on a, on a live watch along, and like they were like, "Yeah, we got to rewind that." Like with like, it was just like one of those things. It's like what the fuck, you know? And they'd all seen the movie, and still we're just like, "That's amazing." That's but it's just phenomenal. yeah, it's just like <laughs> just like what is happening? Sound effects, like dude, sound design can ruin a movie. That's For a real? perfect example of. Of like, you can do a couple things with sound design and it can take me out. Yeah. Entirely. Yep. And that was my problem with Triangle of Sadness. Triangle of Sadness. That was that movie. Oh, I still need to see that. The Woody Harrelson movie on the yacht. I mean, it's a really good movie in a lot of ways, mm. but the sound design is what took it out for oh, me. Oh, okay. good. Uh, we're going to watch that well, tonight. Well, so like my buddy, he said it was his favorite movie of the year. Mm. And so for me, I felt it was really heavy handed. So I mean. Oh, this was from 2022. Okay. Yeah, it came out the same year as Banshees of Inisherin and Tar. You know, I think those were the three movies that were like a lot of people. And uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once as well, obviously. Interesting. Last year, we had some good movies. Yeah, for yeah, real, man. That one. And that's probably going to be the end of the good movies. Because Writer's Strike... <laughs> nah, there will, there will be another spate of amazing cinematic masterpieces. Don't worry. Yeah, they just made a cocaine bear. That's <laughs> 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 <I mean>, something. <laughs> You know, and there was that uh, Santa movie. <laughs> so, oh, so this no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rob, you were talking about how you brought this up, and I couldn't believe that that it was true. But you said that they were making a movie about the flaming hot Cheetos. Yes, and it's on Hulu now, what streaming now on Hulu. So, uh, uh, Kayla, who we're getting on the pod later in the month, uh, and we'll talk to her a little bit more about it. But she listened to a podcast uh, that was debunking that whole story. So apparently the guy that that, that movie is based off of that invented the Flamin' Hot Cheetos, there's no, he had, there's, there's like, if, when you dig into it, he, it's questionable at best. Mm. His, his, uh, evidence for how, like, he was like, well, I, I did it. I mean, like I made this flavor profile, look at this bag of chips that I have and the chips aren't even Cheetos and they just have tahini on them. Oh, <laughs> okay. And, and, and then he's like, so clearly you could see that I was doing this back in the day. And so, therefore, 
I invented Flamin' Hot Cheetos. So apparently the guy is kind of a grifter and, and may have not actually invented uh, Flamin' Hot Cheetos. But uh, of course, as with a lot of journalism now these days, the movie industry did the same thing where they were just like, oh, we don't really care if it's true or not matter. because it's a good story. And I'm gonna it doesn't it. matter if it's wow. true. What matters is that it upholds the myth of like the singular entrepreneur who yep. like rose up and did something amazing and made like a yeah. billion dollars and is just the most right. American person. dream. It's the American right. The, the fake the fake story that will never happen where the janitor becomes the, yeah. the like head CEO. boss. Right. Like exactly. CEO, yeah. The male yeah. clerk becomes the fucking More often than CEO. not, the janitor invents the food and then the fucking corporate people steal his idea. Mm-hmm. You know, like right. that's, that's, that's what... It's, it's a funny idea to think that there was a time when he was like, all right, guys, hear me out. A spicy chip. And they were like, that'll never work. <laughs> like <laughs> spice like, and potatoes? Like what? <laughs> like it's not a weird idea. Right. Uh... Yeah. You no, know it's a really weird idea though. What? Hmm. Fucking seaweed snacks. Oh, those things are good, man. Dude, seaweed snacks are the shit. What flavor is that? This is the wasabi flavor. Oh, that's the best one. <laughs> With the spice. I'm fucking addicted. I couldn't even wait. I yep. couldn't even wait till we were done podding, bro. I was over here drooling. My nips were stiff. <laughs> <laughs> stiff nips. I couldn't wait to get to these fucking wasabi flavored seaweed snacks. Kevin, like stiff ocean. nips sipling. <laughs> hey, I, like, I kind of like that. That kind of got a nice ring to it. <laughs> we got Kevin stiff nip sipling. <laughs> yeah, you coming out to the field. <laughs> <laughs> Real guns. Torpedo yeah. nips. Yeah, real yep, gun yeah, sounds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rockets <laughs> launching yeah. sounds. Just bazookas. <laughs> you should do bad sound design on this podcast episode to be very meta. <laughs> That's extra work for me. I oh, another speaking of like hilarious memes and bad sound design together in one is like. <laughs> The fucking club bangers that are made of like whimsical cartoon noises. It's like <laughs> the sound of like a spring or like when a dude. when like a cartoon cat like tries to run and it's like the bongos. Yeah. Oh dude, it's so good. But it's like trap drums and like a circus theme. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Anyway, I can't even describe it. It's so good. Yeah, Beyonce has a good boyoing um in one of her songs. It's the song Mama Louisiana, something in Alabama. It's you just got a nice something boing, 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 boing. Yeah, they got that good cartoon boing sound. <laughs> the Hanna Barbera spring sound. Yeah. I love it. That's fine. Why not? Yeah. Why not? Fucking why not? Well, um, gentlemen, we've been at it for just about an hour and 45 minutes. Sweet. It's perfect time for an episode. That so is. we can hang out and stuff, but probably going to call this episode a wrap. So mm-hmm. on the back end, Josh, what do you want to plug? Where can the people find you? <laughs> you have a tattoo business. He does uh, stick and poke tattoos. Um, they're fantastic. Obviously, I said before, I have nine. And Rob is slacking. I know. Supporting I his friends one, <laughs> over here. Don't even have one. Oh, I'm not gonna lie, Beige. I thought you were in uh, New York for a while and then moved. Mm, Did you nope. ever live over no, here? No, I didn't. Never been in New York. Wow, I'm high as hell. <laughs> you know, were you up. conflating that with uh, when Jesus Chris moved out for a little bit? Mm. Yes, 
Could have been. Yes, I am. That wow. Okay, I like it when I'm like wrong about something, but I'm not absolutely completely wrong. Like Mm -hmm. I am absolutely completely like 100. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, Like I totally was incorrect, but it was one of my friends from the North End. So yeah, makes sense. Yeah, he moved out to to kick it with Dozer for a bit, and then he moved back. And uh, is Dozer still out there? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Making clocks out of books. Yes, I have uh, one. What cool. the somewhere fuck? Around. That's I have to cool. repair it. Oh, send me that. Send me one of those. Send me yeah, yeah. Uh, Love oh. You Studios, I want to say, Damn. is... What a fucking cool idea, I'm pulling that out of my butt. Um, but yeah. So where can the people find you? As we're... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's called Now no. You're... Sh- it's called Now You're Shattered on Instagram. Okay. And... Um, yeah, go check me out. You can book tattoos with me, and I'm doing tattoos out of a private studio in Beacon Hill, Seattle, and that's what I'm doing. Um, so I did a thing last couple months ago. I worked doing tattoos at a museum opening. There was a new museum that opened near the pier, and it was sick. I got I got paid a flat fee to work the event and just tattoo as many people as possible. Oh. and so I would like to get my foot into the door of this um, doing events where I can work bachelorette parties, birthdays, weddings. That's rad. That's a great idea. Um, corporate parties, like business openings. Yeah, hell yeah. In the same way that you might hire a DJ yeah. or whatever, you can yeah. also hire yeah. a tattooer. And so, yeah, that'd be dope. Um, yeah, me um, and one other tattooer, shout out to Tattoos by Tiger, who tattoos out of Bellingham. Um, she and I did a cool little thing where we worked this, this, uh, museum opening. So that's something I've only done, um, that once, Mm. but I'd like to, to get into that world a little bit. So, so who knows? So I have a buddy who just proposed to his partner and, uh, they're getting married here soon. And, uh, I will, I will subtly drop that. (laughs) Actually, he might hear this because he's a listener. Oh, wow. I don't want to give out his name because I don't want to air his business. You know, it's it's a fresh proposal, fresh engagement. But uh, yeah, um, I think that would be cool. I mean, he just went to, a, I have a buddy who just went to a wedding and they had like a professional blunt roller, Sick. you know, and like Yo, it, was, it was a super smart. extravagant wedding, but you know, it was, that so it was funny. like, he was like, the guy was a Instagram, like celebrity for the joints that he rolled and the crutches and shit. Yes. And they hired him to come out to the, to the wedding and just, they were like, here's a pound of weed. Just. Hang out and roll some joints for whoever wants. Like, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Yep. That's and so... uh, there's always pretty good pay in uh, in events and stuff like that. So hell yeah. Yep. But, yeah. Um, so yeah. Now you're shattered. Um, I'll plug my girlfriend to um, Hope Sake Tattoo. She works out of the same studio, but just in the evenings, and she does machine tattoo work, but it's also very simple kind of black line work stuff. So check out Hope's Hope Sake Tattoo as well. Um, and then up north in Bellingham, my buddy tattoos by Tiger. So, yeah, thanks for having me, you guys. This was really cool. Yeah, yeah, it was a pleasure yeah. having you on, man. Thanks oh, yeah. for coming on. Yeah, right. appreciate it. And um, we'll make sure that we drop the links to the socials in the um, good to see you, man, in the description. So yeah, thanks for coming on. Yeah, fuck yeah. Down, deep, crushing, pressure, rest, sleep, heavy, 
powder in my lungs, black water. Blotter paper on my tongue, black water. It's 4 a.m. and we ain't done. The city lights are better than the sun when you in the black water. Black water. Black, 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 black water. Black water. Black water. Black, 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 black water. Skyline glowing. Limitless visceral moment in time to ride. We don't need no omen. Keep it going, body floating. Gunpowder in my lungs, black water Blotter paper on my tongue, black water It's 4am and we ain't done The city lights are better than the sun When you in the black water Black water Black, 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 black water Black water Black water Black, 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 black water Sinking slow, hold on tight Drifting to eternal night Drive on the temperature drop And it's not gonna stop And it ain't such a popular ride Naturally I prefer it I once was like you nervous But I don't down deep Till I could not see anything And if you got murdered Satellites illuminate the eyes Of gray squids, spaceships Laced up fingers as we die Last thing on my mind is trying to rise As we float past the ghost With the mouth full of knives Let's sink down Pressure, rest, sleep, heavy, lashes, absence, grief, aimless, faded, galaxy, liquid, upset, eaten, begin, sinking, liquid, upset, eaten, begin, sinking, liquid, upset, eaten, begin, sinking, liquid, upset, eaten, begin, I have a desire to submerge with. Until the sun rays can't shine Until it's so cold I can't even move But the fingers stay in the swine Sink down Deep crushing Pressure Rest Sleep Heavy Lashes Absence Grief Aimless Fading Galaxy Check the time with a sit down Burning innocent